What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Ay, what you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. All right, welcome to episode two of the Hard Cuddle Show. Today we've got a very special guest on um i've always been fascinated by people's stories and life experience and there isn't any bigger than this one today um it's his name is dave hedgie hedgecock welcome to the show mate thank you um yeah he's synonymous with um security uh anything to do with fighting whether that be refereeing or uh, fighting himself um and mediation he's a guy that can sort problems out um Welcome to the show, mate. Yeah, great to be here. It's good. <laughs> Excellent. A big simulator and Danny are riding next to us. Um, all right, so I'll kick it off. The first so the first nightclub I went to was 1995. I think it was Warehouse. Oh, yes. Yep, back then. Uh, I even remember the bouncers. It was Janard or something, Hussein, uh, Steve, yeah. these big boppers. And I was only 15, starstruck and girls in one pieces and... Anyway, it kicked off there and I saw him lock the front and back doors and it was on and I remember thinking because I was only, and this was, was proper on. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, uh, i got to get to know these bouncers because it's better to be on their side when you're 15 years old, you know, and trying to sweep around the packs. Anyway, so that's when I first came across the name Hedgie. That's like, that was the, that was the name going around and it was Hedgie this and Hedgie that and it seemed like everybody was mentioning Hedgie's name and... I didn't meet him years later. We went to the fights. It was um, Gherkin Ozcan versus Stan the Man Long and Edies. You were refing, I think, weren't That's you, right. Hedgie? Yeah. yeah. Um, Gherkin took him down with took the leg. Down, yeah. 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 So I was there, and I, no one ever even pointed Hedgie out. Like, I just saw him and saw the, and I said, That's Hedgie. And I said, Ask um, a name I won't mention. I said, Who's that refereeing? And he goes, That's Dave Hedgecock. And I knew it in, in, intuitively. So here we are, Hedgie. This has been two years in the planning. I, like when wow. when we were offered this, I thought to myself, "He's the bloke I want to get." So, oh, yeah. So let's start from the beginning, Hedgie. Like, um, where'd you grow up? Primary school, sports, mm. bullies. What was your mum and dad like? Like, yeah. Oh well, you know, I was very lucky. I had a great father. Great. My mother lived to a hundred and nearly a hundred and one. She was six days off. Yep. being a hundred and one, and only died last July. Condolences, mate. Which was very sad, and uh, but Dad, Dad died a bit young. He had a diseased heart because um, he, when he was a, a young fella, he was in the Merchant Navy, and he was a stoker. And uh, I don't know whether you've seen the size of the shovels those guys have. They're massive, and they shovel coal into the into the into the furnace so it generates the heat. And, the, and he was in the in the um, Merchant Navy. And, of course, he used to fight. They used to have fights, boxing fights in the Merchant Navy where someone from Queensland, had, you know, the ship would come down to Melbourne and then the, that crew would say, oh, let's put this together, let's put that. Well, my dad was a was a was one of the one of the prize fighters for those days, you know. Yeah. And he had a lot of fights. In that. And he was sunk in the Second World War and there was 17, I think, 16 or 17 people on board boat and there was only three survivors. It was a merchant ship, it wasn't a warship, but they hit a mine of some description somewhere near New Guinea. And a tugboat, a tugboat by the name of Kira, 
K-double-E-R-A, came along and picked them up. Um, I've seen a letter that a, a, a mother wrote to my father thanking him so much for saving her son, who was only 15, I think, or 16 at the time, and was working on a merchant. No, the, the times were different, you know, in those days, wow, obviously. Amazing. And uh, then, uh, and Pat Powell was another guy uh, uh, who later became a bit of a, a mover in business with her, with removal vans and everything like that, and gave my dad a job, you know, when he because but he lost a foot, and we don't know whether it was taken off by a shark or whether it was taken off through something, you know cut it off in the, on the boat, but there was only three survivors. Um, so my mum was pregnant at that time, and we had my uh, had her first child, who was my eldest sister, and of course she was named Kira, after oh, the tugboat. <laughs> and of course I've got a daughter, and I named her the same, yeah. after the tugboat in, in remembrance and, and uh, you know, love for my father. Yeah. So it was, uh, but times were different then. It was, um, we lived in a commission house, and uh, Preston was pretty vast in those days. There wasn't a lot of houses there, but uh, yeah. yeah. And and Dad was working full time, and Mum was looking after four kids. So, <laughs> so there's four of you, mate. Yeah, there's four of us. Yeah. Yeah. I got an older sister, an older brother, and a younger sister. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, my father was a. I can still remember, you know, being on his lap at the uh, at a couple of different hotels when I used to go and watch him play cricket. He captained a couple of cricket sides and uh, things like that. And I used to go and watch him play cricket and I'd get a bag of shelled nuts and a soft drink. Yeah. So I used to like to go for that reason. And I can still remember one day uh, uh, a guy walked up to my father and, and said something and Dad said, no, you, you, you know, leave, leave him alone. He's, he's this is a, a, one of our players, one of my dad's friends, and he's only a little bloke, and this bloke's a big bloke. And anyway, he said, well, he said, if it's not going to be him, it's going to be you. And he went, whacking, king hit me, Dad. And I was sitting on my dad's knee. My dad went, whoop, put me off his knee, went up, went bang, 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 and knocked him straight, <laughs> straight out and left him. And the pub just went, <laughs> you know, they just, they ringed out, you know, and, and that was a famous thing when, when there was a fight in a pub in those days because I went to many pubs with my dad because every Sunday or every Saturday it was a cricket match. And because of the alcohol and drinking, there was always something happening. And yeah. what they would say is, ring out, ring out. And, and, and people would just move chairs and tables out the way and two blokes would stand there and, and... And would it just explode out of nowhere? Just just sometimes over nothing or bad feelings or, or someone bowled a bounce and had someone, <laughs> you know, a, a bounce a cricket ball at somebody and upset them and, and they'd get a few drinks of them. And so I sort of caught up with a bit of... <laughs> with a few things going on in those days. I thought, oh, gee, well, this is a bit... And my dad was always... Or he, he wouldn't start a fight, but he finished, you know, he, he was very well known. Yeah. And because of the stoking, he had massive arms. I still, I can always remember he had veins about as thick as my finger that you've stood off from his arms. Yeah. He had these massive arms yeah. from stoking all the time. And he used to stoke so long on one side and then so long on the other to keep the arms the same. It all up the he side, was ripped, didn't it? He really yeah. was. And, uh, yeah, was he, he had, a knockabout, Hedgy? Uh, he was a knockabout. He loved a, loved a beer. You know, he used yeah. to, and plenty of times, you know, it, uh, but he was always working. He's always supplying, looking after his kids. And I remember my first day at school, I got picked on, and uh, and two boys, uh, Ross and Robert. The, the, the Funny how you remember the names. I still isn't remember it? the names. <laughs> and they picked on me, and they took my lunch off me, and stuff like that. And I went home and sucked to my dad, you see. So he takes me out the backyard, 
He hops down his knees. He said, okay. He said, now shape up like this, you know, left leg forward, right leg, hands up. He said, now, I want you to jab into my hand. And I said, what's a jab? He said, your left hand. So bang, you know, and he had me do that three or four times, right? And then he said, now, if it gets to a grapple and they grab each other, pull them in, he said, the minute they try to pull you in, headbutt them. <laughs> yeah. So we practiced this for about, would have been an hour out in the backyard. So, and he said, now, you go back to school tomorrow and tell those two, try to take your lunch off me again. Mm. And I did. And I hit them both. Bang. <laughs> I headbutted one, and hit the other one with a left jab, and all of a sudden, at school, I had this reputation of, because, uh, but it was all about, but it was instinctive, what he told me to do. He just said, and I walked up, I said, you want to try to pinch my lunch again today? Bang. And then I grabbed the other one and went, bang. <laughs> he would be able to hurt myself just as much. Yeah. But that was the start of, for me. The journey. The journey, because all of a sudden, I realised how much respect you get if yeah. you're not a bully people can see that you can handle yourself and that you're willing to handle yourself. You're willing to have a da have a go. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, bullies are bullies because they can get away with it. And even if someone mm. fights back a little bit, and as long as they can land one or two punches and he goes out with a bit of a mark on him or a bit of blood on him as well, mm. he might not pick on you again. Mm. And that was the, the, the sort of way I was brought up. Yeah. With, with that sort of, <laughs> you know, sort of ideas and and so unfortunately it, there was a lot of bullies around in those days and would and you say hedgy the northern suburbs uh, i talked to dad well, dad's ex talked to me extensively about it that uh northcote preston all the way out to bandura like he he's explained northcote park versus bandura how oh, yeah. fierce the rivalry yeah, was then you had all the sort of crews around there he said it was a tough place like, back then it was a very tough place because um, you had uh, the Preston Town Hall, uh, you had a couple of dancers, you had Swinger in Coburg, and you had a couple of other places. There wasn't a lot going on in the city <coughs> in those early days, mm. and dancers was where most people yeah. went to meet the girls and, mm. and everything else. But there would always be a rivalry of some description, and there'd always be a fight. You know, whether it was one out or not, I can remember many times when someone challenged Stretch and a couple of very well-known identities that got reputations from other areas mm. um, challenge him and or have a go at him and they'd go out the backyard into the alleyway or and they'd punch on and it was just two bikes punching on mm. you know and that was it and, and and if what would happen is that the groups would split up and go their own way and it's only in the later years say middle 70s to 80s where it became you know, you could sometimes people would have friends that would have a go, you know, and 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 join in. It yeah. wasn't a one-on-one -on -one situation like it was in the sixties. Yeah, interesting. So you so you're in primary school and you've learnt now that you got respect. <laughs> so what's happening now? Now there's a fight in primary school. You're going ring out and organising it because <laughs> well, well, I did. I actually, I, I mean, I'm, I only went to third form at tech school. Yep. What's that? Year nine now. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 yeah, but they made me a prefect because I could stop all the trouble. Yeah, they made me a prefect, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not a good student or a good scholar. I mean, I, I'm just average, <laughs> you know, with me schoolwork and things like so that. So that refereeing's but, just uh, been in your blood from yeah, young, yeah? exactly. Yeah. But I would stop a lot of trouble, you know, and, and if they didn't sort of, you know, 
do the way I just stop. That's not going to happen. I really dislike bullies. I have always mm. disliked bullies. I don't like people that stand over people or intimidate them and, and just frighten them. And, and in those days, there was a lot of that. Mm. There was a lot of that. And you had some bigger kids and some bigger guys. But what I've found is that size is, is also a, a problem. But when you fit, it's who can take the hardest punch and then keep going. <laughs> and that's what it's about, yeah. you know. And, and uh, I, I fought a couple of people that were, well, not a couple, quite a lot of people that were better <laughs> fighters than me, but they just couldn't last as long. And, I, and I've got over it, you know. So, but, uh, but it's due to the fact that I knew that, I believed that this was important to be able to maintain, you know, your own image, your, who you, who you want to be, and, 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 you know, have the respect that you... you so, but sometimes you've got to do, you know, you've got to get involved to something. Like if you see something going on that's wrong, well, you, know, right. you mm. do something about it, you know. Yeah, so. couldn't agree more. Um, being, being from uh, living in the Housing Commission, was there a lot more trouble than anywhere else? Like I lived in the yeah, Housing Commission in Fitzroy. Yeah, well, yeah, th there was, was a lot of trouble there. there right? yeah. You know, I met my first girlfriend and she was living in the Housing Commissions in Fitzroy. And nearly every night I took her out, you know, and, and <laughs> around that area, you know, someone wanted to have a crack. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, so I thought to myself, I think we'd better go start going somewhere else. So you catch the tram down to St George's Road because oh. I a couple of areas around there where I know where there's nice restaurants and, and stuff like that. And that's where I started courting her, you know. Like, yeah. But it was just, <laughs> times were different. Times were different and yeah. things were different. And, and if someone declared you one-on-one, -on -one, if you weren't much of a man, if you didn't sort of, you know, can go out there, whether you won or lost, and yet we're still, you go out there and you, you, you give it your best, you know. Things have moment. changed, heaps, haven't they? They have. Just hearing you say that, I'm just, yeah. People I, wouldn't know what it is. What do you mean, one-on-one? -on -one? Well, you just, I, I remember, <laughs> yeah, I'm just remembering, like, you just you can't get away with it anymore. Uh, you're all, you're all so, anyway, um, awesome, Hedgie. So, um, so you left in year nine, and then what was the next step? Did you know you were well, going to be? Well, I, I started bouncing at sixteen, wow. <laughs> and and uh, Stretch was two years older than me, and uh, 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 Pop Egan was was eighteen months older than me. Bobby Foster, all the guys that I worked with, Billy Isles, who was a, yep. a, a well known identity in those days as well. Um, we 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 used to they sort of looked after me. You know, they were always looking after me. But in those days, if you got challenged, well, it's one-on-one. -on -one. And, and I always remember Stretch Anderson and my dad saying to me, doesn't matter whether you win, lose or draw. You go in there, you do the best you can. Nine times out of ten, they won't come back a second time. Yep. And that was something that really yep. stuck in my mind. And there was times when uh, I remember particularly when a very dear friend of mine, you know, he got his nose cut off, right? Um, when someone bottled him and we were all at a party together um, and there was a bit of a problem and I still remember the guy's name because I finally caught up with him probably two or three years later. But I'm sort of saying, hey, 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 you know, trying to stop things from happening, you know, 17 years old. I, hey, 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 okay, no, wait, no, no, there's no need, but, but there's quite a lot of them. And this particular guy walked up to me and went bang with a 22 rifle straight into my lip. You probably can't see it, but I almost had a hair lip. Yeah, and, split um, it properly. Split it properly, yeah. And, oh, just, and, you know, straight away, I come back at him. 
but then there was more of them than there was of us. And unfortunately, the friend I was trying to help, he ended up getting part of his nose cut off. And of course, we, we got beaten up because there was too many of them, you know. Yeah. But I stayed with, with Tex, we called him. I stayed with Tex and, until we could get him away and, and da da da. And I thought to myself, I won't forget who you are. And then many years later, I'm at the um, uh, Preston drive ins. And because of interval, I was always busy. And so I went to get some stuff earlier. And as I'm walking in, the door is, is, is open and the reflection of the door. And who do I see? The guy that done that with the 22. And so I waited for him to come out. And he was just about to take a bite out of a Chico roll when I smashed him. <laughs> and, you know, I thought, you just desert, you know. And he was a, he ended up, I ended up running into him a few years back after that at Bombay Rock. And uh, he said, is everything okay? And he was a roadie for bands. Yeah. So, yeah. and I said, yeah, mate. All sweet. Yeah, all sweet. You, you know, you, you got me and I got you back. That's just fair. Yeah, right. but, uh, you know, but he had the numbers in those yeah. when, when they... And, yeah. and so do you reckon the, the, the fellas that looked after you did it because you had good form? Oh, if, if you... If there was a couple of times when uh, I know Trevor said to me, David... You waited too long. He said, you know, he hit you first. He said, don't wait. If you think it's going to happen, be first. Yep. You know? And I, oh, okay. He said, no, well, look, you know, mate, we're working a pretty... No, you, you're too soft. Yeah. You know? He thought I was too reasonable with people. And uh, he said, mate, you don't give anyone a chance because they won't give you a chance. Correct. And I sort of thought to myself, and of course, you, you might know what happened in the end of the... At, um, stretches when he died uh, he was married and um, I'm not going to mention any names but his girl had found another relationship after he'd been working because he didn't want to bounce anymore for years as when I was in my 20s you know in 30s he didn't want to bounce anymore he'd had enough just why did he want to pull up and, and he... well he just said I'm sick and tired of it yeah you know, and, da, 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 and yeah you can't get away with what you used to get away with. Yep. And you had to have a licence and all this sort of stuff and all these bits and pieces. Mm. And uh, he worked so hard, still bouncing, just so he could own their own home. And then she met this other lady, and I won't mention their name, her name either, but but they ended up make, getting together, two lesbians, right? And then she decided to leave and take the house. And, of course, he went back there two or three times to try to talk to him, try to make up and things like that. And he was very upset about it. But then he went to, um, there was a, uh, what was it called? In Greensboro Shopping Centre, had only just opened. This is 1983. Okay. 1983. Just after New Year's Eve, um, January the 3rd, 1983. And he walked into the shop where she was working and he said to her, he tried to <laughs> talk to her about getting back together again and things like that. And she said, no, it's finished, I told you, da-da-da, and we're, you know, for, we want half the house, we want this and that, da da all the rest of it. And he said, well, that's it, is it? You, you won't compromise, she wouldn't. She turned around, walked away, pulled out a gun and shot her four times. Mm. In the back, right, yeah. killed her, the other girl, came running over, and she said, what the fucking hell? He went bang and shot her right between the eyes. So his, his wife is lying face down on the ground, Everyone's running out of the shop as I'm coming in because when I got home from work, I, I was living in Greensboro and I see a couple of stretches things. Yeah. And I said, oh, 
Stretch Bean. She said, yeah, he's been and he's gone. She said, but I heard a conversation between him and his mum and he had a bit of a tear in his eye. And I said, how long ago did he go? And she, so I jumped in the car and drove around to Greensboro, parked the car and as I walked through the door, I heard the shots. Oh. I was there before anyone else, right? And then as I'm coming through the glass doors, I said, it's Trevor. And he just went, bang. And he fell back down and I'm, I've scooped him up and I could feel his heart still beating. And it just all becomes a bit of a, 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 a bit of a, a maze, you know, because you, you think, and then all of a sudden there's police around and there's people around there pointing guns at me because I didn't realise the gun's sitting there yeah. within arm's reach of me. Now, they may have thought I'd done the three of them. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And they're all pointing guns at me and everything else. And this yeah. private detective. Yep. This private detective guy, he said, hang on, hang on, settle down, settle down. He said, listen, just put him down and move away. I said, will you call an ambulance? He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. You put him down, I'll call the ambulance. You can listen to me, but just move away, move to your left. And, and of course, I still didn't realise the gun was there. And it was uh, Brashes. Was yeah, brashes all in, Brashes. In, in, uh, in, Amazing, in, I remember yeah. that. 1983, it's newspapers hit the, hit the thing, the whole lot. And yeah, and of course, you know, it was pretty terrible. And Stretch actually died because I, I still, I tried to drag him across with me. And, and they said, no, 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 just please, just leave everything. As I said, no. I said, call an ambulance because I could still feel his heart beating. But then his heart stopped beating. How, how did that impact you, Hedgie? And, and how do you move on from something? Because you guys were proper, like, tight, weren't you, mate? We were very, very tight, very tight. And New Year's Eve, we nearly had a fight with each other because of me trying to stop him from, he was going then to a party where he knew his wife was going to be. Mm. And he actually said, oh, I'm gonna, because he thought she was seeing someone else. Mm. But it wasn't someone else, it was the girl, another girl. Yeah. And of course, but uh, it was, you know, 1983, January the 3rd, 1983, you can, that's, it's, if you look back at details, it, yeah. it all comes up. That's one you remember. Yeah, but it's just, it was one of those things that I thought that, I'm always, a, I always think, oh, I can sort that out. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll go in, come on, don't be silly. You know, don't, you've got the rest of your life. We've got so much time together to do this and to do that and everything else. But unfortunately, he made up his mind. And, and as I said, on New Year's Eve, we're working up at uh, a pub in um, Eltham. And, uh, and I still remember him, once it hit 12 o'clock and everyone started to shake hands and kiss each other and all the rest of it. And, well, I seen a bit of a tear in his eye and I said come on mate you know we'll go and have a coffee and sit down and have a chat you know it's, it's, uh, and he said no I've got to go I said what do you mean you've got to go I said what you've got nowhere to go stay here he, I said we, this is going to party on until 3 o'clock you know he said no I've got to go and I could just tell the tone in his voice was was you know and I just no you're not going mate stay here with us why would you want to go anywhere and be by yourself New Year's Eve come on stay here you know he said David let me go I'm going I said no you're not and he said what I said Trevor I don't want to fight you but you're not going because I know what you're going to do mm. and then he sort of broke down a little bit gave me a hug you know and just said okay I'll stay but three days later yeah he walked into brushes and killed them both couldn't prevent it, had you? Well, you know, he called into 
my my uh, my house in Greensboro, and he left a couple of bits of things, and there was a letter left which I didn't share with the police because it was just sorry, Dave. This is something I've got to do, and da da da. I know it's going to impact nice. on you, and da da da, and all the rest of it. And then at the very end of it, P.S. The little dog at the unit has got a, an infected eye. Can you please put the drops in the little dog's eye and maybe look after the little dog? How do you think of that? Mm. I mean, it gives you an, an insight into wow. the individual. I've never seen a brave the man. Right, we're driving down Fitzroy Street one day, and 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 we see um, a mate of ours, uh, um, uh, Greggy. Uh, it was an ex Victorian boxer. Uh, what was his first name? Gregory was his last name. A Victorian champion, good bloke. And unfortunately, there's three or four Maori standing around him, right? And uh, and big boys, and he's only a, a welterweight, you know what I'm saying? And she says, what's going on here? He said, I wonder, I wonder if, he's, if he's Greg's okay. He said, we better get out and see he's okay. So I said, yeah. So we get out and we, he just dub, double parks the car. He goes, hey, Greg, you need a lift, mate. And one of these guys turned around and told Trevor to fuck off type of thing. Yeah. And so Stretch starts walking over, and so I walk over with him, and I'm looking at these three or four big guys. I'm thinking, wow, okay, we're going to have a bit of trouble here, you know. But, um, and Trevor just said, what's the problem? What's the problem? And one of them pushed him, and he just went bang, 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 and knocked the three of them out. I swear to God. I'm not exaggerating. He hit two with a left jab, and then the third one with a right hand, and they both hit the deck. They all hit the deck. The three of them hit the deck. And Joe said, thanks. He said, well, let's get the car and get out of here before they wake up. <laughs> and that was the sort of guy he was. He was. Yeah. He had a phenomenal punch. He fought um, Joe Petusi. Big reputation too, Dad. Well, he, he fought Joe Petusi, and he was, he was only 12 and a half, 13 stone stretch. Mm. And he fought a, light, a heavyweight champion of, of, of Australia and beat him, knocked him out. Um, uh, the, the old referee for um, the old... Um, TV ringside? Malcolm Bourner. No, not Malcolm Bourner, but way before him. Be, be, but anyway, he comes over, he says, Stretch, because I'm in Stretch's corner at the time, and he says, he says, Stretch, I'm going to stop the fight. You've been knocked down three times, I'm going to stop the fight. Please, just give me one more go. Give me one more round. And he went out there that round and knocked out Joe Petusi, who was a Italian, a very famous sort of fight. They loved him. And, of course, the crowd... Whoa, you know, because you should have stopped the fight. There he goes. But he knocked a bloke out and won the title. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. He was the hardest and very strict, um, very strict person. Didn't drink. You know, he always right. ate very well. And he was just so fit all the time. I mean, and in, as far as street fights go, people like Brian Kane. And I remember once we had a big fight at the San Remo ballroom and. And a lot of people were involved, and and uh, anyway, certain people got knocked out. I, I won't mention certain names because yep. some of these people are still around. Yeah. But um, Brian Kane, they're all sort of under the Brian Kane and yeah, the, yeah. the Kane family's <laughs> yeah. protection. Yeah. And they come into the gym one day in a Becker Street, and me and Stretcher in there at three o'clock, and we're going through our stuff, and and all of a sudden, four or five people walk in with Brian, and Brian was shorter than me. Brian was about five foot four. Really. Brian Kane, yeah. But very, very willing. Very, very willing and very dangerous. <laughs> right? And he used to box a little bit too. He yeah, did box a little bit, but he wasn't yeah. wasn't a champion type of thing, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm sort of 
oh, what's going because I remembered what happened and I know and one of the guys that came in was one of the guys was the same room my ballroom. Yeah. So I had a bit of an idea of what was going on. So I said, uh, and, and Brian, and Stress goes, oh, Brian, how are you, mate? How are you going? He said, Robbo's not in, because Robbo used to run a car wholesaler's place, and yep. we were up on the top there where the gym used to be. <laughs> anyway, cut a long story short. He says, no, I need to talk to you, Stretch. You and me need to have a chat. He said, okay. And, and he said, no, not here. He said, over, let's go over the side. So... We used to have a, um, a little seat off the wall, off the brick wall, going around the ring yep. where people could watch and sit and watch people spar. <laughs> and on Saturday mornings, it used to be full, right? And Stretch is six foot three, right? Six foot three, six foot four. Brian's five foot four. And he, he, goes, he said, listen, you've got to start leaving my blokes alone. No, no, no. He said, you know, I don't want you doing it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Stretch put his leg up on the thing like this and went <laughs> down and said, Brian, because Brian said, mate, I don't want to have to... Do something about it. He said, if I thought you meant that, Brian, I'd knock your head off your shoulders right now. And Brian went, you're fucking mad. You know, and he said, no. He said, don't talk to me like that. Who do you think you're fucking talking to? You know? Yeah. And Brian said, come on, let's get out of here. Yeah. And they turned around and got out of there. But he didn't, he had no fear. Yeah. Now, he, he, he was, the amount of times that, We'd have a group of people across the road, and particularly when we were working down at the beach areas and all those areas on Christmas and New Year's Eve, there'd be 20 or 30 of them, and they'd be wanting to fight us. And there's only six or seven of us, you know? And he used to go, what are you waiting for? He just used to walk straight across, <laughs> start throwing punches. And of course, everyone just ah, took off, you know? And we'd have to back it up. <laughs> so were you tra- were you two training together at the same oh, gym? All the time. And how, how old were you when you started training, Henchy? 16, properly. Can I, yeah. can I ask, would say you were from Preston, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Northside Boxing Gym? No, no. We, I used to go to Reg Johnson's gym. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Reggie Johnson, he had a gym there, and then there was other people. But then when I met Stretch and started to knock around with Stretch and Leslie Painter, yeah, another great fighter, you know, 10-rounder, he won Australian title, TV ringside, he was a welterweight, and we were all together type of thing, you know, and we were all getting out to places and, and going to... Um, what was the old nightclub where uh, there's a nightclub there now? It was the only one that used to do 3 p.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. And uh, Johnny Wheeler, who's an ex-Australian champion as well, yeah. in those TV ringside days, he was the manager. <laughs> yeah. But you used to get every would-be gangster in town, you know, in, in, the, in those places. Yeah. And Brian used to go there quite a lot and, and all the rest of it. But, mate, very few people... Because a lot of people said, he's mad. There's something wrong with him. Yeah. Because he just he'd go into a fight with by himself with against five or six blokes. Didn't care. Yeah. And uh, how old were you were you when you became mates? Oh, well from from sixteen I I, yeah. I sort of Yeah. You know, I, I went to the gym and I started training and and uh, he, he was watching me train. He he'd come over and start to show me a few yeah. things and, and then of course he said, Go and put the gloves on, we'll do a bit of sparring. Now he's a heavyweight. Yeah. I'm five foot seven. Yeah, I'm a welterweight, but you know, and he taught me a lot of stuff, mate. And he taught me duck and weave and move and you know, constantly angles and all this sort of stuff. He said, because I'm so much taller, you can't give me space. He said, you've got to close me down and work on these angles. And some of the angles that he showed me were, were, were absolutely sensational. So is that where the famous hedgy angles came from? Basically, yeah. <laughs> right. and, and 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 you know, I, I, I'm just training someone today, showing them the same. 
sort of angles and, 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 and the reason why and when, when you explain it to them and, and they, they get it, they go, wow, why isn't someone else already shown me that? Why isn't someone else already? Because I said, well, you know, different people, it's how you want to go. And they said, yeah, but you were a kickboxer, you were a no-rules fighter, you were a... You were I said, yeah, I said, I, I did it all because these angles work in everything. They work for boxing, they work for kickboxing, they work for mixed martial arts. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. how did you make the crossover to the, to the kickboxing? Because you're a legend, an icon in Australia, like you went overseas. Very much went so. over, First to go overseas. Yeah, fight, first yeah. one to fight for a world title, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. now it's taken off, but... Yeah. Just take us back how you got into yeah. kickboxing. And what you, well, yeah. well, I, Leah, well, after that confrontation with that Dave Milk, I shouldn't mention last names, but Dave had got to meet Bob Jones. And, and Bob Jones was a, a, a you know, so, so senior martial artist. Yeah. And we all hit it off. Bob and Stretch, me and Bob, we all hit it off. We used to go then to Bob's house and chain. Yeah, and there'd be a lot of kickboxers there doing their stuff. And, so, and I thought to myself, you know what? I got to learn some of this stuff, mm. you know, because I started off. I was doing judo when I was ten, yeah, mm, right. like, with Dave Orway, um, and 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 I I, I love that, but I, I wanted to do the other stuff as well because my dad stopped sort of you know showing me he was getting a bit old in those days, but uh, but uh, <laughs> but bits and pieces. But then what happened was Bob said to me, he said, you know, he said, why don't you come and do a bit of kickboxing with us? So I, so I went there with Bob. And, uh, and start to watch what he was doing and how he was doing it. And I've seen how that a lot of it works. The only difference I had was that with, with Bob was that I, I, well, Bob's six foot one, you know, taller than me too. I, I don't throw high kicks. You know, anything above the waist can be grabbed, yep. you know, yep. then you're vulnerable. Someone grabs your pants, grabs your shoes, pulls you, you're on the ground, you know, mm. so all my kicks are from the knee down or from the hip to the, to the middle of the thigh. And uh, so I love the low kicks because you can, and being smaller and shorter, getting in, and mm. you, once you use those angles, I'm not standing here kicking him in the front of the legs, I'm ending up over there kicking him in the back of the leg yeah. because yeah. of the angles that you create. You know? Amazing. Like and, you're uh, using an ax, chopping a tree. Yeah, well, that's right. And, and when you get to use it all, then I start to realise, well, yeah, I really like this. And so I went over to Thailand and started to train over there. And then I liked the new tie, the elbows and the knees. Fought a few ties. Um, but I found the ties easy to hit because their hands are like this. And their hands are like that because oh, of yeah. obvious reasons. Elbows. Ah. Elbows. Oh, sorry. That's all good. And, 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 and grappling. And then holding you out and trying to do you with knees. But uh, the trouble is, what they don't, when they're like that and there's a space between them, <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and instead of standing up like this, you drop your leg, you drive it out, and boom, and then you bang of a left hook, and then back of a right hand, and nine times out of ten, because they're like this, they're so open, so easy to hit, but they're now starting to, you see a lot of fighters now starting to improve, they're doing a bit of boxing as well as the Muay Thai, and that's why I liked, that's what I love about USC. We, I used to, you know, had 11 no real fights, you know, a couple overseas. And uh, this one bloke, I, 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 he, somehow or another, he, he took me down and he got his chin. Now, if you push your fingers, just close one eye and push on it. Oh my God. No, not the, not the uh, bone, the actual lid. Oh, oh, yuck. Okay, he got his chin stuck there and he's got me on the ground and he's grinding away <laughs> his chin. 
and I'm trying to get him off and my hands are slipping but somehow or other, sheer luck, my thumb caught the inside of his nose, tore it from there to there, he went, oh, because it ripped his nose just about off, rolled him over <laughs> and won the fight. But other than that, I thought myself, gee whiz, a, a, a couple of times, you know, there was different fights we had in Philippines and, and stuff like that. Man, I've seen a lot of those guys with sticks or their... Roofless. Really? Roofless. Are we talking about a bow? No, no, the, the short little sticks. Um, they call it a miss. Oh, yeah. 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 I've oh, seen yeah. people after they've been hit with them, they've got golf balls all over them. All over there. Yeah. But it's not just that. Smash your wrists, smash yeah. your fingers. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and, and, and so I said, you Imagine really you want sound. to do that? I said, no. <laughs> and, and for the Imagine record. The sound. And for the record, the legendary man's undefeated. <laughs> Are you hedgy? Yeah. No, I, I lost one fight in America. They gave it against me. But what happened was we complained about it and because they, the referee stopped the fight and I wasn't knocked down or knocked out. I was all over Steve Shepard for the first three rounds. He yeah. did hit me with a good punch, but I've been hit with good punches before. Yeah. And, and, and what you do when you know you've been hit with a good punch, you go back and you, you cover up. Mm. So I wasn't knocked down. I wasn't knocked out. Right? And yet the referee stops the fight without even giving me a count. Yep. So and that was yeah. in Florida, in 1981. And uh, and uh, and yeah, we put in a lot of complaints about everything else, and everyone said, okay, well, we're not going to declare it a loss. We're gonna we're gonna try to arrange a rematch. Well, he never ever come back for the rematch. So that is undefeated. Yeah, they'll call yeah. that undefeated. Hundred percent. Um, so there's so many things. We could I could ask. This could go for hours, really. Um. So, Hedge, you strike me as a highly intuitive person. Like, you feel things, you see them, you feel them, you see them coming and then you make your move or you might think about it or whatever, but you seem to be able to sense things coming. Yeah. Is that I, fair? I, I think that is fair, and I think my, my father's always be first. <laughs> yeah. Um, but assess the situation, and if, if I ever find out you're a bully, I'll kick your ass, yeah. you know? And because and he, he, he said, never be a bully, mate. He said, don't pick on people that you know can't handle themselves or can't fight or, or you know, be, be, you know, if someone has a go, stop bullies from picking on people, do the right thing. And I, I guess mm. that's what led me into the security and all that sort of stuff. But the rules changed a lot because, I mean, plenty of times, maybe we had times when bikers would turn up and there'd be a massive brawl and, and then they'd come back and fire shots at you and oh, all sorts of stuff. It was yeah. a lot of stuff went on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but you know, it's just life, you know, and you you just learn to when you're in the security industry and you're working with people, you know, a lot all those years or you know fifty odd years I've been in the business, and um, you know, so you get to see some people and understand different circumstances, and, and people that have had too much to drink. I mean, what's what's the point of hurting or beating up people that have had too much to drink? I mean, you know, that's just that's being a bully. Shelling yeah, peas. Yeah, yeah. So you just sort of ex <laughs> exhort them out. And, yeah. And place them. But yeah. You know, there's been plenty of days, you know, you know the yeah. Dino Debras and the, yeah. you know, it's... You know, You've seen a few come and go, Hedgie. Yeah. And uh, I can remember when I was 18, or young, uh, I heard a story that you had a gun pulled on you. Yep. And I don't know if this is true, but you was the first guys back... I'm going back 80s or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
You're the first guys to, on the door getting twenty dollars an hour. That's right. You, you hey, wage yeah, I yeah, love them. I love that. That's <laughs> a very good memory. Yeah. <laughs> I think the place was the Boulevard or something like the that. The Boulevard. Yeah. And, and then we had the place up in Eltham where I got shot. Yeah, that's right. In '83. Yeah, they shot me in the chest, and uh, I was I, I'd been in, seen, checked on all the boys. Everything was okay, and uh, and and I'm, no, it wasn't '83. It was when it was later than that. Sorry. But anyway, it was. I'm walking down the stairway to the car park, and these two guys are walking up. And uh, I think it may have had something to do with what Stretch had done, because I think the other girl had some and connections. Yep, and I sort of called it for what it was. They're having a lesbian relationship. Yep. They're going to take his house off him. He'd been working hard all the time, and and mate, I got a lot of flack back from a lot of people. You yep. shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do that. You know, isn't enough already happened? I've lost my best friend yeah. and I was angry Yeah, and I want the world to know he's not a madman man. he's not crazy he was broken hearted and, mm. and, and, but he's from day one Stretch was the sort of person you did the wrong thing by him you didn't get away there was a square up coming or yeah. a square up coming somewhere yeah. along the line and that's just the way he was but anyway I'm walking down the stairs next thing I'm, I feel this whack behind the back of my head and, uh, and I instantly turn around and he's pointing a gun at me. So I grab the gun, the, the barrel part. We start going down the stairs and, and, there, and there's another bloke there too. And I'm punching on with both of them. And he pulled and got away from me. And he's trying to push the gun up against me down the car park, up mm. against the car. And because I've got his mate, I'm trying to keep his mate between me and him. And anyway, I got shot here, right there in the chest. Straight through the Straight lung? Through, no, just above the lung and come oh. out the back of the shoulder. Yeah, and and as soon as that shot was fired, I, I sort of you got a cylinder and you got the barrel. I've gone boom, and it pulled out of his hand. Right. right. So I'm now hitting them both with the gun, and so they take off, and I should have turned around and shot them. Really. Yeah. But I'm hitting. Them. I just want you <laughs> bastards. You know, this, this is the sort of thing you do in the, the adrenaline's going at the moment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. anyway, they take off, and I take off after them. But then I've got. Blood squirting out like that, and I'm going, shit. And then by that stage, a very, very dear friend of mine and a very, very tough individual, Brian Chop Suey. We used to call him Chop. He was a karate guy, but he was as tough as nails and never let you down. He was always there, always back up. He's come down because he heard the shots. He's chased me, grabbed me. What are you doing? Come back, sit down. And he stuck his finger in the hole there to try and stop the blood from squirting. Next thing you know, the ambulance turns up, the police turn up and da 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 and all the rest of this. What do you roll with, Eddie? Do these things happen or <laughs> That's life, mate. That's, That's life. life. In the big and, city. Uh, yeah, because oh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. So tell me, did um what did you how 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 old were you when your old man passed away? Because I would love to have known what he thought as you were moving, like he... He used to do the wages for me because oh, he was very right. good with, with figures. Yeah. So in the very early days of running the security, he, he was my accountant type of thing, you know, and he'd, he'd have it all up and I can still remember, you know, he'd make the pays up for me and stuff like that, mate. He was, he was, he was a great guy. And, and, and <laughs> what, did you, what did he oh, think, you? What did he think when you were at... When we're working at the Ritz, I got my brother working with me. Yeah. And I'm working there. Mick Marshall. Remember Mick yep. Marshall? Yeah. Yeah. i got Mick working down there with me as well. And there's this fight going on. So we're all into this fight, right? 
And there's the old man, out pops his false teeth, and he's out there, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> At his age, you know, he's in his 70s. You know? and, and he's out there throwing punches because, you know, a couple of, there was more of them than what there was of us. Yeah. And uh, and so he went out there to make sure. <laughs> Unbelievable. Was, was, so is, uh, is, was, there mu- was there much drugs around then? Drugs really start to hit toward the middle 90s to late 90s. More so, like no, yeah. but other than that, there was not a lot of drugs around. It was all alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Or there probably was drugs going on, but nowhere near. Yes, as as, um, as you know, sort of ex- exposes. It's got and it's just got worse and worse. You came through at a great time in life, Edgy. I think, mate. Well, I I, I look back now and I, I think to myself, these kids aren't. They don't know how to enjoy themselves. They don't know how to go yeah. to a dance. And, 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 you know, yeah, and it's, it's just different. Yeah. Everything's different. And it's just, the same. and I think it's drugs are a way of getting things together, you know. Yeah. But, you know, we, interesting. We, Very we interesting. Travelled, we travelled a couple of times. We, we had a job up in Sydney where they hired us because he, he was an ex owner down here. He said, I've got a lot of problems up here in Sydney. He said, I want you to come up and, and work for me Christmas and New Year's Eve. I'll pay you good money. And of course, oh, wow. You know, so we drive up and stretches and stretches Kingswood. And anyway, and, and we had this problem one night, and uh, this particular guy was a very well known. I won't mention his name because yep. he is very very well known in Sydney. And uh, him and Stretch go outside one on one, and uh, Stretch is beating him up, and a bloke standing two or three feet away from him pulls out a gun. I chinned him. As he goes down, the gun goes off and shoots me in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> That's two you had. How, how so, and I'm hopping around. Oh, I've been shot. I've been shot. I've been shot. Stretch says, get in the fucking car. Shut up. Get in the car. We're off. <laughs> Unbelievable. And we drove all the way. Stopped at get, get ice at, at, at whatever garage we could. And I said, oh, mate, it's painful. It's killing me. And then the ice on it, big bags of ice on it. And we'd come down to a vet down here. I won't say where, but it, near the city area. And the vet said, well, I'm no doctor. He said, but, well, we, we need to know. Is he going to be all right? What are we going to do? And so he said, well, there's nothing in there. He said, but I don't know how the knee will hold up. He said, but it went in there. That's the mate where it went in, and it came out here. So, that's so you, drove down, you drove down from Sydney the with the bullet in your knee? Yeah, I don't know. The bullet came out. Obviously, oh, yeah. it had oh. come out this top part. On the, but that's where it hit first, and then it came out here. Right and, of course, all, all the vet the did was disinfect it and stitched it up. <laughs> how, on a, I'm walking with a limp for about six months. <laughs> on, a, on a level of one to ten, uh, how bad was that pain? Mate, well, that's the first time. That was the first time I'd ever been shot. Yeah. And, and, and I just... Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it hurt. It hurt. Yeah. It really hurt. More than than being shot, you know, with the 38, more than being shot with the 45. What happened with the 45? In St Kilda at my house. Oh, you were living in St Kilda? They uh, shot me in the back. Uh, just over the... Yeah, that... <laughs> That's very well publicised. I think I know what your superpower is, mate. You're bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they actually said to me, no one else has survived being shot with a forty-five. And yeah. it missed my spine by that much. It's in the middle of my mil. back. It went down, hit my pelvic bone, came out the side of my stomach, and I was at my back door. So this was... And I know I know where it came from. I know, I know why it happened and all the rest of it. But anyway... That's another story. Um, the, 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 the people... 
the people that were involved were, were sort of bad people involved in drugs and one of them ended up going to jail and, and I think he died in jail just uh, you know, from whatever normal disease and the other one someone else shot him and killed him somewhere up in Sydney so yeah but um, he uh, that they, they uh, were waiting because I had a two-story home and a big brick wall support between me and the other guy right on the corner directly opposite the Luna Park, yeah. directly opposite the beach, yeah. right on the corner there. And uh, I, I drove down because I had to put some money in the house and get some numbers to take to another club where we were starting at 12 o'clock to give the guys the security numbers. So I just put the key in the door and then I, and I actually heard the bangs. I heard the bangs, right? I thought, what the, wonder what that is. Next thing I know, I'm flying, I've gone through the door and I'm laying on the ground. What the frick's happened? And I look around, and I'm thinking, what's, what, so, shit, what's happened? So, anyway, I kicked the door closed, thinking to myself, oh, shit, okay, someone's shooting at me. This, yeah. I still didn't realise I'd been shot. Yeah. That's the truth. And yeah. I don't know what, why I didn't gel when I hit the deck, but I got up, and I, and I opened the door, reached around, pulled the key out the door, locked the door, locked the door, because the front door was already locked, and then I went upstairs, because I'm thinking, they're not going to, once I realised I'd been shot, I realised they're not going to try to they're going to try to finish it. So they're either going to come in the back door or the front door. So I can't defend myself from two places. So I walked upstairs and I grabbed a samurai sword that I used to have on the wall, and I'm sort of pacing around up there waiting. And I looked down the carpet and I see blood footsteps everywhere. So I was bleeding quite a lot. Okay. Next thing you know, there's a helicopter. Next thing you know, there's police. The next door neighbour, they stood on a kid's. A, a child's little um, play table yeah. so that they could get over the... And, of course, on the angle, they've had to lean over and shoot down at me. They fired three shots. One into the in, one went into the door, one went into me back, and the other one went into the bricks just on the side of the doorway. If I had been hit with all three, I'm dead. Gone. Right? But I got hit with one. And, and they told me, you're the only person to be shot for 45 and survive. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. You know, and, of Incredible. course... I'm ringing up, I ring Chop and tell him, you know, and I, I rang my wife then and told her, don't worry, I'm okay, da da da. And then the ambulance comes and they walk in, hop on the stretcher. I said, no, I can walk. They said, hop on the stretcher. You don't know how close it is to your spine. Yeah. I thought, oh shit, I don't want to end up a cripple because I want to get these people back. Yeah. <laughs> so my main goal was, I've got to get right again so they can yeah. find out who done this and, and uh, get a, you know, seek a bit of it, which was silly. But anyway, I ended up hopping on the on the bed, and they wheeled me out, and there. But is that mindset silly, Hedge? I've got to ask you because in those big moments in life, when we've all been there, when you're all alone in the big stuff, it doesn't matter how good your gang is, you're alone in those moments, and you, you I definitely think you would have um, experienced that. Like that mindset of is rather than oh no, you're falling to pieces. It's like no, I've got to fucking square up with these people and. I don't know, maybe it helps, Hedgy, in some way, mate, that uh, well, toughness. Yeah, someone said that. I, 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 look, I can st the, the, the sad part, the, the funny part about it was, I actually remember looking around, shit, what was that? Mm. And then I, I'm through the door. Mm. You know, because I obviously heard the first two shots, yeah. or the first oh, one, bang, and bang. they've missed with the third one, hit me with the second, missed with the third one. And, and, and but I still that was the main thing and I was going from my head oh shit that sounds like a gunshot shit then I'm, I'm laying on the floor and I look back and I see the door open oh shit 
you know, and a hole in the in the in the in the, in the window. So I pushed the door closed, and I thought, shit, I've got the keys on the outside. <laughs> the door, pulled the keys, locked the door, went straight upstairs, grabbed the samurai sword. Well, then they only have to come up the stairway to get me. Mm. Jeez, um, <laughs> must have a really strong woman to sort of support you through all this, you know? Yeah, yes, no, she's, she was a very good person. She yeah. was a great a great mother, a great wife, and uh, it was all very good. Yeah. Oh. But uh, unfortunately, we've, we've parted company. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, the kids are all old. I've got six grandkids. Congratulations, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, and that's good to watch them all. And what do you say? He's a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you've got six grandkids. Yeah. But yeah. those, uh, a lot of people... Yeah, they're all facts you can you can dig up anyway. You'll find it. And the legend is you fronted at a gym. This and then refereed afterwards. I heard that's, right. that, that's the big story when everyone said Hedgy <laughs> at the start. I'm going, what do you mean? Tell me, what's this guy? I wanted to know his story. Three days after, it's like, that. mate, the bloke refereed a fight six days after whatever yeah. being shot. Yeah. yeah. So was that just Hedgy? Was that all and about? Believe you me, I was, that was hurting. Yeah. And I was leaking all over the place. <laughs> what were you just bandaged up? Well, or? bandaged up. Yeah. Um, and is that so many questions off this as well? Um, but you know why? Is that to let them know? Just hey, you can't get me. Yeah, that's that, that's that's the whole point. You've tried, you've failed, mm. and now if you, which was probably a lot of people like that sort of sport, the kickboxing, mm -hmm. everything else, and like yeah. that in those days. And these people weren't actually from Melbourne. Okay. So, so they, they must be saying to themselves, in my mind, well. If all of a sudden I'm laid up and I can't referee, but all of a sudden they know when it happened and they know it's only five or six days after they shot me yeah. that I'm refereeing. And, and actually, I still remember they didn't want me to referee. And I said, no. I said, please, let me referee. I said, there's a reason why. And it's a mental effect. These guys would have thought, what the fuck we've got to do to this bloke <laughs> to, to slow him down? And I just, and I thought to myself, well... It's a statement. It's making a statement. You know, oh, I'm not going to go away. I love easy. it. And what message is that, Hedgy? You can't take me down. A bit of that, a bit of ego, a bit of that, but mm. more the fact that it didn't work. Yeah. And they know that I know who it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I suppose you'll be following principles that your the old man sort of taught you as well. Well, well, look, the the thing was. I had a couple of children at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also, and I still remember, I still remember one particular night. There was some funny noises, and and I said, "Stay here," to, to, to the wife. I said, "Stay there." I said, "I've got to go outside. I've got to make sure that everything's okay." And she said, "No, you won't. You can hardly walk." And she picked up because I had a, a, a rifle up there, a shotgun up there, because I was up at Steels Creek. She picked up and walked outside and turned all the lights on with the shotgun. Staunch. That's fine. Too many women like that, don't yeah. No, no, very <laughs> staunch. Very staunch. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, um, so Hedy, I don't know what you believe spiritually or religion, but someone, someone or something is looking after you. Yeah. No, I've been very lucky. And for what reason, Hedgy, do you reckon that is, mate? Why do you reckon you've been lucky consistently? I've never been a bully. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Always try to do the right. And I've tried to talk my way out of situations, and, and but I won't be I won't be stood over. I no. won't be threatened. I don't care. I, I, look, I don't care if someone beats me up. But I've never lost a one-out fight, and that's a fact. So. Yeah. And, you know, I've had a lot more fights on the street than what I have. 
and I've had over a hundred odd fights professionally. So, it's, so it's um, unreal. Yeah. So yeah, so you're running a big security gang, uh, Protech. Protech was the first. One. <laughs> yeah, um, you're running a bunch of men that are powerful, strong, heavy hitters, whatever. Just strong men that are able to handle themselves. So there'll be plenty of ego and machismo. No doubt, like this is like the animal kingdom, isn't it? That is. How, what personality traits and how do you manage that and also train them to be an extension of yourself in regards to, you know, representing... Well, well there was yeah. times when I had to, you know, pull, pull them down a little bit and just, yeah. you know, because it's, it, I, 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 mate, I don't hire bullies, I don't want bullies. Okay? Yeah. You started that. There's no need to start it. Why? Did, tell me the reason why that happened. Why Why you did this or why you did that, you know. Uh, and, and basically there's a couple of guys I sacked, you know, because they were just, you know, they, they were bullies. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and the, but, you know, some of the guys I had working for me back then, like Brian Suey, Vinny Dimitri, and uh, Dimitri, Vinny Servi, Dimitri Servi, Vinny Servi's brother, Vinny used to work for us. Mate, I've had the who's who of... of of the security world work over the years and mate we just had a great team and yeah. and yeah you know, whenever there was trouble it was you know it was because things change as i said today people wouldn't get away with what we got away with yeah back then yeah you know, i'm saying 20 years ago maybe even 25 years ago we wouldn't have got away with half the things that we did then because yeah. in those days everybody had a bit of principle and and if it was declared one out it was declared one out yep yeah, I remember the Pasco Vale Hotel. You know, it's a grubby little place, but the, the amount of fights we had there yep. and the amount of times we had to have one-hour fights. Yeah. Because, and you'd have to go out in the car park and they all everyone would come out. And, and as I said, like, ring out. Everyone would come yes. out and, and watch the fight, you know. And, and, and no kicking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, no kicking. <laughs> you know, the bloke's six foot. How do you think I'm going to get him on the ground? I said, kick him in the legs. And, you know, I yeah. said, no kicking. I said, yeah, you, you try it. <laughs> so uh, you've, you've got me going now, Hedgie. I've got a couple of joints I want to ask you about that were in your time. Just like the first thing that comes up to you. Um, Bojangles, who ran security there? Bojangles was originally... And uh, just try. I think it was we re-ran it for a while. Yeah. But then someone else came in because another owner came in to Bojangles. Yeah. I think the original owner from Bojangles moved in to one of the others. I'm sorry, my memory's yeah a little bit yeah vague there. Was it as wild as you hear? Bojangles, you know what? I'd have to say one of the one of the most wildest pubs was the one out of Sunshine. Um, that's where we used to have a lot, a lot of trouble. Yeah. And uh, the the um, hotel down at the the one I was just telling you about down in, at uh, Pasco Vale. In Pasco vale. Yeah. Um, it was the outside yeah. area, Sunshine. Yeah. All those areas out there, that was where. And then of course in the city, when when the tunnel and and uh, <laughs> you know, all those places were open and and everything else was open, it was sort of pretty pretty hectic. What what would you say has been the best period of your life? In, in regards to 80s, 90s? Well, I'd say probably now. Yeah. And the reason being is because I'm, I look old and there's not many people that, you know, they either ignore me or, or steer, just steer clear of me. I don't know which. Yeah. But uh, I, I, there's probably not a lot of people out there that really 
but there is a lot of people that come to the boxing fights the pavilion and stuff like that they all know me yeah and uh and you know sometimes they've pulled a couple of young blokes up and said yeah <laughs> type of thing <laughs> so you know so i find that in a, in a way my father always said reputations are easy to get and hard to lose yeah and if you've got a bad reputation yeah it was hard to lose. lose yeah but I don't know. You guys know. No. Have I got a bad reputation? No, no, my not reputation at all. Reasonable. No, excellent. You know? and, and that's what I think excellent. is what holds a lot of people. And you're also a pioneer in training. Yes. You know, you've trained some stuff. champions. Yeah. 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 So that's a whole other thing altogether, training by oh. Um, fighters. Oh, and Amanda Buchanan. Remember Amanda Buchanan? I've heard mm. that name. Yeah, we went over to Japan. She won the world title in kickboxing. She won the Commonwealth title in boxing. And you trained her? Yep. Yeah, I, Were I you proud, Hedgy? Oh, mate. What was that uh, like? Look, she used to spar Tony Scalacci and all those guys. She used to spar men. Oh, wow. You know, she was fantastic. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I can always remember, and, and I, I know, I hope she, she won't feel bad about this, but I seen her fight when she was being trained by someone else. She got beaten, okay? But then I seen her afterwards, and she was drinking a bottle of scotch. And someone told me that she does that all the time and then she come to me and asked me if I would train her and I said you're an alcoholic I'm not gonna train you she said no no I'm really serious I really want to train I really want to be good at something you know and you walked up to me you, you congratulated me on how well I did I said yeah but that was before I seen you sculling a bottle of scotch yeah you know and uh, anyway cut long story short I, I took her on she stopped drinking Won a world title in kickboxing. We went over there to Japan and won it. You know, she won a Commonwealth title in boxing. She's a stunt woman in two or three of the uh, Mission Impossible movies. She's now up in um, Queensland running boot camps and taking people out kayaking and taking them up and spending a night out in the bush and carrying doing this and doing that sort of stuff. She's yeah. got a daughter and uh, right now she's... You, I talk to her regularly. You played a big hand in it, Hedgy. Oh, How mate, cool she, is that, mate? She was fantastic. So te very teachable. Oh, mate, she was, for a girl, she, she'd not been there and spar blokes and hold her own. Yeah. So, yeah, she was just a big heart. And she, big heart. you know, and yep. what, I, what I liked about it was I showed her a lot of different things and it was different to normal, you know, but she went my way. She eventually picked up and, and that was those skills and, and she made them work for her. Yeah. But she just had such a heart. There's, you know, you can't, you can't yeah. make that. If they haven't got it there already, you can't make that. Yeah. I'm recognising you better and better now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember, yeah. Oh, you, no. you, but, uh, yeah. you had darker hair, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, yeah. mate. Um, incredible. Incredible story. Um, what else did I want to... I see your... Um, I see the other day, actually, there's two things. You're pressing the flesh with Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, oh, Charlie's, we keep in contact regularly. A.K.A. Yeah. Uh, Jacks from Sons yes, of Anarchy, yeah. Green, Green Street Hooligans. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, good fella. Uh, mate, he, he, he arrived and Richard Norton. Yeah, the famous and, uh, and Richard said, oh, Dave, he said, you know, Charlie's coming. Yeah, can you? So anyway, I ended up seeing him weekly. We trained three or four days a, a week together. And uh, we're doing stuff and I'll tell you what, he's trains in jiu-jitsu in... Uh, uh, um, 
California yeah. with a couple of the people. And, of course, I start to show him some hand stuff, some kick stuff, and then just, you know, typical angle stuff. And, and he started to pick it up. And, mate, he's just a gun. He is a gun. He's as lean and as muscular yeah. as And do, do you know Ivan Rakatak? Yes. Many we had dinner the other night. There yeah. you go. Well, him and Ivan, I asked Ivan, he'd like to do a bit of jiu-jitsu as well. Would you come down? And so Ivan come down. And I'm doing all the bag work with him and all the all the pad work with him and, and teach him kicking and punching and, and techniques, un, un, you know, un, unlawful techniques, but whatever. Yep. But then, then he would roll around for a half hour with, with, with Ivan. And he just, he was he said, I love this. <laughs> I just love it. And he's not never been out of touch. He keeps in touch. Every month he rings me and says something. I'm in Thailand. I'm back in America. I'm coming to Australia again. Da, 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 I'll be back here then. Can we start training again? Can we start doing this again? I said, of course. He's so just you a hit beautiful, it, yeah. Beautiful, we're, you know, three nights, four nights a week, we'd have dinner together and stuff like that. Just... We, and did you feel comfortable with him, Hedgie? Like, obviously loved you, Mate, but did you... He is such a, a normal... Yeah. You, you, no airs and graces. Oh, love and, that. And, and he loved being shown stuff and maybe picked stuff up. And I'll tell you what, he, he's tough. Yeah, he's a he's a very tough, yeah. wiry individual, and he's surprisingly strong. Yeah, how tall would you say? He's... Oh, he's six one, six two. Wow. Yeah, and and he's doing a uh, Santarum a TV, or something. Yes, and and of course he had to lose. Now the discipline on this bloke. When I see him just like just recently, just before Christmas, because he he left here just before Christmas to go to London, right? And when I see him those those those, those couple of weeks before that. He's down to because he's got to look like Doc, the guy that walked out of and, and Entridge, was nearly starved in yeah. India. Oh yeah, and so he lost about two and a half, you know, to, I reckon close to two stone. He was like that. Mm. Yeah. You know? yeah, and I thought, gee, where's how do you do that? He said, believe you me, it's hard. He said because the food here is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a perfect, great bloke. Actually, Richard Norton is over there now, and he's actually staying with Charlie. For three weeks, why he gets his insurance and all that sort of medical care stuff, and because it's um, cheaper over there than here. Amazing. So Richard Norton's a lot, a, a, like a mentor for him as well in martial arts. Or? Obviously, Richard Norton did a lot of the stunt work with him. Yeah. And a lot of stunt work for him. Mm. And of course, um, and and yeah, I wouldn't have met him if it hadn't been for Richard. You know, and and uh, and uh, but Richard also had a lot of stuff doing himself. He was doing some stuff in New South Wales and some stuff all over the place. He's still busy, eh? Oh, mate, still busy. He's fit as a fiddle too. And he looks good. Oh. Hedgie, I got something for you. Mum and Dad, this might tie in with something. You know, Mum and Dad went in early days went and saw him do a show with these big katana blades. And he cut his fence toe off. What? His Dad said he was. Flicking them around, and there was a light, a light show hitting the blades, and it was yeah, incredible, insane. When Bob Jones used to put on the kickboxing and the fight nights, Richard would come out and do demos when he was here. Yeah, and this one particular time, he did the sign knives, and then he did the samurai sword stuff, and and you know play acting with other people around him to to, to do all the rest of. It. But the trouble with with one, he nearly cut his big toe off, and he didn't even make a sound, and he still followed through and finished it off. And there was blood all over the canvas, you know. So he just very, very, he cut his toe off. Can it? Yeah, wow. Now that's discipline. That's <laughs> yeah. discipline, you know. And he's, he's, I've got to say, for a man his size, um, yeah, he'd easily be maybe 90 plus, maybe 100 kilos. 
um, maybe even a little bit more, but he's so fast. This yeah. is so fast. Lightning. And what 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 did he study? what did he study in particular? With Bob Jones, martial arts. I didn't yeah, know Bob that. Get karate, yeah. BJC. <laughs> uh, that's that's cool. So Bob Jones has had a big say in. Oh, yeah, so him, him and Bob were the founders of, of Zen Du Kai, which is one of the biggest. So Bob Jones is, you'd say, a mentor of yours. Bob yeah. Jones, mate, is yeah. a legend. Yeah. And, um, yeah. An absolute legend. Between yeah. him and Stretch were uh, people that I, I looked up to and admired. I've seen Bob challenged a couple of times. Never stepped back from a challenge. I remember one particular night where someone pulled a gun on him, and uh, and of course, this was at Bombay Rock, and so I was there, and and, and da 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 da, but uh, he wasn't happy with the way that so he came back the next night because he knew that the other bloke was in a the bloke was pulled the gun on him was was going to be in a cafe next door where they play cards, yep. right, and for money, and he comes down, you see. And I see him. He doesn't come into the Bombay Rock. He, he parks over there. He starts walking up there. Hey, Bob, how are you going? What are you doing here? Oh, I'm going to go in and see this guy, the one that pulled the gun on me. I said, mate, I said, he's in there. I said, with his own crew. I won't mention the name, but, but you know, he's very known, well, knockabout bloke. I said, he's in there with his own crew. I said, mate, you know, if you're going to go in, I think you better take this. He said, no, 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 no. I don't want to take that. He said, no. I said, all right, well, I'm coming with you. So we both walked in together, <laughs> stopped the card, thing, and the bloke apologised sincerely. So I was, I was off my head on drugs and, yeah. and alcohol, and I didn't mean anything by it. I'm sincerely sorry. All right, I'll accept that, but don't ever make that mistake again. He gave him a pass. Awesome. Awesome. So he held his power, mate. Oh, mate, Bob... Bob's a gun. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I've seen him kick a lot of people, and and uh, the, he, you know what? The, what he, he he's he's a tough boy. Yeah, very very tough boy. And he, and he got into a lot of street fights too. Yeah, he's he is a legend actually. Like yeah, that's a that's a guy I've heard of since I was a kid too. It's interesting. Uh, you know, you've had a bit of an affiliation with New Zealand, and you've seen yeah. martial arts grow from there. Probably wasn't even many dojos around when no. you you know. Yeah. And this weekend we've got. The Kiwis versus the Aussies. What's your prediction, mate? Oh, yeah. I dare say you've had something to do with that, you know? <laughs> oh, it'll be, it'll be funny. It'll be different. But look, it depends on who. And it all comes down to training. And like a lot of, a lot of Kiwis are big and they don't like, they're not small. No. They don't like training too hard no, they because don't. they rely on the big punch, you know? That's like the, the guy, the, the New Zealander guy, I'm sorry, I, I forget his name. He fought for the world title. Uh, David Tua. David Tua. Yeah. Yeah, he rings me up when he was fighting the big Russian bloke. Yeah. And he said, look, I'd really like it if... He said, I'll pay you this, I'll pay you that. Come over and stay. I need you over here for six weeks. I said, all right, I'm done. I said, a pleasure, an absolute pleasure, David. You're, you're a bit of a, a you know, a hero of mine. I, I love the way... Because you're small, you're short, you're heavyweight. Yeah. You're still banging people, you know, because if you can punch, you can punch. Yeah. yeah. doesn't matter. You know, I've been hit by blokes that... You know, double my size, and really, you know, yeah. and and I've knocked out people double my size. So yeah. if you can punch, it's a natural born. Mm. Not everyone can punch. Yeah, it's not nothing to do with strength yeah. or weight. It's a timing and, yeah, and how yeah, you do right. it. You know, uh, but but and so I started training David over there, and everything was going great. Guns. Then he tore 
something, a, 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 some, I don't know what it was, tore something in his car and couldn't train anymore. So the fight was cancelled and uh, then it was set, uh, set rematched again, I think, eight to 12 months later. But I had people fighting overseas in America and I had to be over there with, 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 with the three fighters that I had. So I couldn't be here for his fight when he fought the same guy in New Zealand but got beat. Mm. But a good bloke, yeah, yeah, good bloke, lovely guy, yeah. and uh, great heart, you know. And uh, he was a real, he was a gun, mate. You ought to feel him on the pads. Who's right? the oh, heaviest oh. hitter you've ever seen, Dave? The heavyweight. Oh, heavy stretch. Hand. Yep, stretch Harrison. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, and, and if you looked at him, you'd go. <laughs> and you've done a bit of bodyguard work, or yeah, yeah that was my yeah, next question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit of bodyguard work for a few bits and pieces, but yeah, and private security, a little bit of private security, yeah, a couple of parties and a couple of bits different pieces. And like John, John um, Trimbo, Trimbo, who uh, Trimble, who had to come <coughs> across to um, where was it? it? Was Bali somewhere where he was buying a an island somewhere there to to build a resort? Um, but there was some animosity towards it being sold. Um, this particular person wanted to sell it because he couldn't make it work and he couldn't finish it off. Uh, he obviously spoke to John Trimboli. John Trimboli showed an interest and we flew over there in John Trimboli's jet. He was a pilot himself. He flew the plane himself. Yeah. Uh, so six of us went over and, uh, and what have you. And, uh, huh. and, and so we, we land there, we talked to the guy that's owning it, but there was a lot of, there was a sort of, a bit of a when we went into the restaurant to go and have something to eat, there was a bit of uh, uh, wooden service because uh, the, the 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 person that didn't want it sold had built up a bit of a uh, we don't want foreigners here we don't want this here and they want yeah. it. but yeah it got a little bit nasty a couple of things happened a couple of places were set fire to yeah and a couple of things were there was a few threats made yeah but, um, we we got through it. <laughs> And is the Rolling Stones thing true as well? Yes. Biggest rock band in the world. Yeah, that was great. great. We did the, the Vandu Lounge tour. With so what, you just ran with them the whole, the whole lot? Yeah, only, only four or five of us for the whole lot because when we, when we first did the one down here in Melbourne, we had 152 security on that day. Uh, they had 52,000 people there. Right. So uh, we had to have a lot of security there when they did the Melbourne one. And then we used other firms and other people in different states. But, uh, yeah, no, no, they were, they were fantastic. Well, yeah, well, I've got to ask, mate, what, what were they like, Absolutely the boys? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Keith Richards <laughs> is one of the funniest blokes I've ever met. Really? Oh, look, you've got no idea. And he <laughs> loves to chat. And he'd say... You know, I don't care whether it's one o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, whatever time comes. When you come by to check check out things, knock on the door. He said, we'll have a coffee and a drink together. And this is the way he was. <laughs> and he was just, he was really good. Charlie Watts got very upset with me because, because his wife, I didn't realise she was into horses. And of course, Bill Morty, Horse uh, the, the, the boxing promoter yep, yep. and stuff like that, he had a very dear friend of his in Sydney that had this big stud. And I'm talking about the people would come out from 
Arabia with the you know the Arab headdresses and all they come out there and I, I, until I seen it I wouldn't have believed it. It's all done out. They've got this big massive room all dug out where they walk the horses out. The horses have people come in and do their hair and their their, their and like you know that they're all polished and everything else and they pay millions of dollars for the sperm or for the for the naming of, yeah, of, of right. this right stuff yeah <laughs> incredible and, and and so i was telling charlie watts's wife about my friend bill morty who's gone to this and she finds out a little bit about it she looks gets on the internet about it and she says i want to go and i said well i don't know i think it's all booked out that's they're all multi-millionaires she said i want you can you get me in there i said well i'll ring bill and so i find out so i ring bill morty because he's close friends with the bloke he said yeah i can get you in i said okay i said it'll be me and charlie watts's wife coming up she spent a million one million pound on horse sperm to take back to England. Good grief. And, and Charlie said, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> it was still a bit, he, like it wasn't, he was still like, that's a lot of money. Oh, mate. Yeah. He said, why did you even tell her? I said, well, when she told me she loves horses, I was just trying to make conversation, Charlie. Oh, God. <laughs> In the end, he, he, he said, oh, he said, I'm okay. But he said, you did the right thing. And he said, thank you for looking yeah. yeah, but you've lived a big life, Ed, you know, <laughs> mate. Fleetwood big... Mac, you know, as yeah. well, mate. Oh, oh they, as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Really? <laughs> stretch. We're up on the, where the, the, the big stand. Yeah. And this is the one in Calder where they had the biggest speakers and everything else. And we're up in this big stand and uh, they're doing all the techno stuff for the night lights and all the rest of what have you. And... Uh, Pop, uh, Billy, uh, Bob Jones is there as well. We're all there together. And he said, I want you and Stretch, if you can do that up there for me. He said, you know, just keep it under control because you usually get idiots climbing up and trying to get, you know, bits and pieces. So anyways, that was okay. So we're up there, but there's this manager up there who knows a little bit about what he wants or da 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 He said, can you guys get out of my way? And Stretch said to him, oh, no. what do you mean get out of your way? We're up there to look after you, you idiot. Yeah. Who are you calling an idiot, you know? And, and, and he's put his face and just went, bang. Coyote. Poor Bob has to climb up the thing. He said, listen, he said, hey, just, just come down. You and Stretch, just come down. We'll put you somewhere else. <laughs> so we didn't, we, we weren't too popular. And, uh, but then when Fleetwood Mac came out here to Melbourne and that, me and Bob went together there and went to see them and stuff like that. And they were wonderful, you know. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, yeah. Well, Stevie What Nicks. a voice. Yeah, great. Yeah. What great a person. voice. Yeah, she, she was fantastic. And they were good, you know, very funny. And I seen, I shouldn't say it, but the bloke who plays the drums, I won't mention his name, but I seen him one day, I don't know, he just tipped some coffee into his palm and... <laughs> <laughs> Snorted it. Coffee. <laughs> Instant coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously. Uh, yeah, Maybe that's I, how they I, got I, it in. Something was in there. Oh, uh, possibly. Or I, I've, I've got no idea or he was already off his face, maybe. Yeah. But, but, you know, I've had some funny times, mate. But um, what's the guy, the American singer? He comes out here, he sings... Because he used to say, just knock on the door and come in anytime you want to. And uh, Bill, um, sorry, Marley, Morley, or whatever his name was. Morley. Um, oh, what was the name? He's a, a singer. A, a, a sad songs, not, not 
yeah. rock and roll, yeah. and he had the red hair, and he's gay. Oh, uh, not simply red. No, not simply no. red. No, an older guy than that. Oh, I can't think of his name. That's terrible. Oh, but anyway, okay. he says, "Yeah, just knock on the door. Come in." I said, "I love a chat." Yeah. yeah. Well, I knocked on the door and just walked in one day, and there he was sitting in the armchair, and someone else was sitting on his feet. <laughs> Whoops! Sorry about that. <laughs> Barry Barry Muller. Barry yeah. Barry Muller. What's Barry his name? Menlo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> with the big schnoz. Yeah, 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 yeah like yeah, me. Yeah. Um, Hedgy. Um, and had a decent size, you know, one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, some of the things I've seen. Amazing. Yeah, no, some and and so, you obviously know how to keep composed under pressure. That's There's not much thing. that would shock me, mate. To be honest. Yeah, and I mean, how well has that character trait served well, you? Well, you don't over panic. The years? If you panic, yeah. panic leads to making mistakes. Mm. Yeah, and I've I've been panic. in some situations. Yeah, yeah, you know, some pretty bad situations, and, and you know, like uh, people have pointed guns at me and and uh, and bits and pieces. Dangerous and, people. Yeah. 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 You know, and uh, and sometimes I think. The only way to people that are doing drugs and stuff like that, they become even more dangerous because they get this inflamed idea that they can possibly get away with something that they wouldn't get away with. Yeah. And I, I still remember a particular time at um, the old uh, Chevron where I walked in there and there was a particular bloke in there, very well-known bloke. He's not with us anymore. Anyway, cut long story short, he pulled a gun out from a couple of my security and, of course, I get the phone call. So I go down there, and of course, because he, he didn't leave, right? so I've just walked in and, and said to him, okay, mate, look, we need to talk about this. Yeah. Because, uh, so let's just go out there. And the minute I got him outside, I smashed him. Did you? And, yeah. And I took what he had off him. Because he was I, aggressive too, and, and dangerous, and wasn't said, he? So you want to pull guns on people, how do you fucking like it? You know? Yep. And uh, he said, do it then, do it. And he said, no, you won't do it, will you? Yeah, you wouldn't do it. I said, no, nah, mate, I won't. I won't go to jail over shit like you. And then put it down beside you and went bang. Oh, look at me. And, then, two, like and then, then about two or three days later, he comes back to the Underworld gym where we're training with another bloke. I want that back. I said, you want what back? You know what? Yeah. And I said, sorry, mate. I said, they threw it away. Which I did, yeah. Because I don't know what it's done, yeah. You know, with him, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. But um, then, he, then he said, "Well," and then he went to uh, men's gallery, and I went down there and I said, "You know, you barred from me." He said, "Well, you barred me from everywhere. You've just barred me from uh, Billy McGee's and all those places." He said, "Where else am I going to go?" I said, "Well, mate, listen, come inside. Let's sit down and have a talk." He comes in with a couple of his blokes. I've got a couple of my blokes there. I said, mate, you're always fucking up. You know, I, I, if you don't fuck up, I'd I, I let you in, okay? But you fuck up everywhere you go. You've just been to billboards, which I haven't stopped from going into, and look what's happened. You fired a few shots at security. I said, mate, do you want this to go back to what it was before? Because, mate, it's not going to happen. So I'm barring you from everywhere. He said, oh, that, oh for how long? And I said, I'll tell you what, stay out of all my places, you know, for six weeks. I said, then ring me when you want to go somewhere. I said, I'll put your name on the door so you can get in. But, mate, you walk in there with something, 
da da da, or you go in there with, 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 with and cause a problem, I promise you, you'll think the earth's caved in on you. I yeah. promise you. Yeah. And and, and he straightened up. He abided by that. And so did, did, did Betterman. Yeah. Because you know, he, 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 I barred him too. What was he doing shooting? John? Well, well, they, they started uh, a fight at uh, the um, Santa Folks, the old Santa Folks. Yeah, I remember that. And John. unfortunately, yeah. my cousin was there, Ashley, who's, who's a, a willing boy. And of course, they started had a go at him because he was. Oh, he solid your yeah. yeah. I've, I've met him. And yeah. anyway, cut a long story short, they started fighting. Then Ashley's behind the bar, throwing glasses at him. Then they're throwing glasses back at him. Oh, mate! And so we get in there, and that's break it all up and get out and da 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 you're barred then he rings me and asks to meet in Carlton and uh, I get a phone call from him I won't mention his name but uh, he said mate don't go and I said no I'm going to go and meet him I said but believe you me I'm, I'll have just as many people with me as he's got yeah and he said yeah but you know I said yeah no I know and he said oh okay if you've got to do it you've got to do it I said well you know I'll see what he wants to say. Well, so he turned around and he said to me, he said, look, he said, I'm sorry, yeah, da, 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 but mate, you, you, I'm barred from all your places. I said, why are you barred? You know, and he, he looked at me, he said, what do you mean? I said, why are you barred? I said, you cause problems everywhere you go. Yeah. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Once again, six weeks was always a good limit. I said, don't come into anywhere near my places in six weeks. And then if you want to come down to the men's gallery and centrefold and those places, give me a call and I'll let you get in. Well, one night he's standing there in winter with just a black T-shirt on, freezing his ass off, yeah. right, and trying to get me on the phone. And he eventually gets me because I was busy on the phone. And I said, yep, no worries, Andrew. So put so-and-so on the, on the phone to me. Yeah, mate, let him in. From then on, not a problem with Andrew Betterman. So you pulled up two of the two notoriously hot-headed people. <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah, well, well. Very yeah, impressive, very, right? Very, well, mate, uh, you know what? The funny thing is... Um, they respected you? In, in the yep. sunshine. Well, they're not. When you're so... When you show someone, you're not going to take a backward step. Which your dad taught you. Exactly. Yep. You know, you're not going to take a backward step. It's not what I want. You keep throwing shit at my face, it's going to come back. Yeah. You know, so, and you've got to let people know that you're just as willing as what they are, to a certain extent. Yeah. But not stupid. You know, I don't want, there's been a lot of stupid people out there because they do drugs. I don't touch drugs, never touched a drug in my life. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke. You know, so, you know, I'm a serious person. And when yeah. I say something, I'm serious about what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, and when we were doing the one in, in Sunshine, Dino Dibra come there a couple of times, caused a bit of problems, and of course I, I get phoned and I get there and and anyway he he, he, he gets knocked out because he, he he's mouthing off and trying to throw things at the security and stuff like that. Anyway, what I didn't know was <coughs> that one of my security guys had ripped off a chain from around his neck. I didn't know that. Yeah. All I know is, okay, now you the rest of you all get out, and out take yeah. him with you, you know, don't yeah. and all the rest of it. Now. I get a phone call and I'm trying to understand what this person's saying. It turns out to be Andrew Betterman's mother. Yeah. And she could hardly speak English. And she's calling me Mr. Hitchcock. <laughs> right? And, and, and I'm talking to her. She said, my son, I know sometimes he's a bad boy, you know, da, 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 and all those sort. But yeah. the necklace he wore was my father's necklace, his grandfather's necklace. Uh -huh. Please, please. That's a family, can we please get it back? So I went to everybody that was working there that night and asked them, 
And then I said, guys, why don't you just take that? They've all said no. I said, come on. This is this is what's happening. It's not for fear of ref, of retribution or anything coming back. Yeah. This lady's rung me. You know, yeah. she's a mother. We've all got mothers, you know. Yeah. Come on, please. Who took it? You know. And a very dear one, friend of mine who worked with me for thirty years. Okay. <laughs> he liked. He liked yeah. it. He said, but he's a dog. You know. I, don't know. I said, no, doesn't matter. Do the righty here. Do, do. So he gives it back to me. I, I ring up the mother. The mother and the father come down to the old. The, oh, see, my memory's going with memories. Yeah, no. Uh, but anyway, the one in Sunshine. Yep. That was a very popular place of the day. And, and the mother buddy, grabbed my hand and kissed my hand when yeah. I gave her the, the thing back. But then Dino Dibri used to come into King Street in a few years' time, causing problems, you know, and uh, just, uh, mate, you are an idiot. Hot-headed or what, just hot aggro? Hot-headed hot and drugs. Yeah. And that's what got him killed. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hedgy, so you, you noticed... Sorry, guys, am I interrupting? No, you? no. Um, you noticed around mid-late 90s that drugs started mm. to creep in. What, you, as you said, you've been in the service industry for 50 years. What, what did you notice from 95 onwards till now? What... Have you seen change? With the way that? people's reaction to things, the way they entertain themselves, yeah. and and they just can't. They're all when when they first come in, they're all, and then you know two hours oh. later they're, ah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or yeah. yeah, and and you know it's the dance parties and that you, you get like that we do at the Pravillion and places like that, like you got you know eighteen hundred, fifteen hundred people in there. And they're non-stop from when the music starts to the music finishes. They're just oh, oh, shaking, going off to the music. Never used to be like that. People used to go to the bar, have a drink, have a talk, you know, go and dance if they wanted to, then come back. And you had DJs, yeah. Graham Flinders, all those guys playing DJs and the old tunnel and all those places. Yeah. You know, it's just... Yeah. Uh, You've seen... What I noticed was there was a complete change in behaviour. Yeah. A complete change in behaviour. People became a lot angrier, some of them. Angrier, yep. And then a lot of people became very, very just not, not, oh, oh where am I going? What am I doing? And if you remember rightly, at one of the, the old, um, the one in Swanson Street, uh, the Glen Coburn and all those used to run, uh, that we used to do, that girl overdosed, remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the note, not Bubble. It no, wasn't but bubble. It was called bubble later. Yeah. But before that, it was. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember all the names. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I do remember that. Isn't it funny? I can remember some things that took place when I was a kid. I can't remember other things. That's a, but but yeah, you know, with all the fights I have had, I, I'm well, obviously I'm damaged a little bit. Yeah. You know, so you can't not get damaged if you you know mm. if, you, if you know sort footballs get damaged. I mean, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's still sharp. Yeah. What's some of your biggest hits you've inflicted on the street, Hedgy? Oh, oh. <laughs> we won't go there. Big Simi, <laughs> Big Simi used to work in the uh, emergency department. I'm sure you've sent a few. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> 20 years, Hedgy, yeah. But, you know, some people just do it by, they're by accident. But when people are really nasty or they try to glass you or they do glass somebody or they do, you know, attack you with a weapon or something like that, they need to be taught a lesson. 
Yeah. Uh, we, we've had a couple of blokes. We had one bloke at the old South Yard Saloon. That, um, Dunstall's uh, joint. Uh, yep, yep. That where we, where uh, the guy put him out because he was carrying on, he was pissed, and he whipped out a knife and cut him right across the Achilles heel. The blokes never walked the same again. Oh. You know? And uh, what happened was that I, I still remember because the copper said now, because this particular copper, a good friend of mine now, he's out of the police force now, but he did say to me, he said, now, Dave, keep out of this. We will find out. We will get him. Don't you get involved. But I knew who he was and I knew where he lived. And uh, anyway, so, and he knew I knew. Yeah. You know, and, and he said, I'm telling you, Dave, don't, because you're going to get into a lot of trouble otherwise. You know, so, so, okay. So when they do go there to get him, he's in bed with a double barrel shotgun. Yeah. So it was just as well the police went to get him and not that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying. A fear of so, reprisal, so, yeah. So yeah, and they, they got him. He got charged, but I mean, he, he he got off with. He didn't go to jail or anything like that. Oh really? He was drunk. He was on drugs. He had a lot of drugs in his system, and he was a, 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 a the, the abattoir blokes where they cut the meat off and that. And he had a knife on him, and he and he slashed him right across the Achilles heel, and he, he's never walked the same again. Extraordinary people that work at abattoirs on oh, the kill mate. floor. Oh. Apparently, I can't imagine, but apparently it's full on. My brother used to work at abattoirs, and so he used to. That's pass. a slapper. That's a slapper. So yeah. he couldn't close his hands. So instead of punching people, he open would open hands. He would just slap yeah. them like um, Bud yeah. Spencer and Terry Silver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There must be a full on job. Yeah. The room. Well, actually, <laughs> just around death all day. There's a lot that. of martial arts that only use open hands. Oh, really? And, and it's all done with. That half. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but everyone thinks it's the fingers. It's not. It's just the part. You turn your fingers out. And it's, 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 and it does save you a lot of yeah. <laughs> ruined knuckles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you're still super passionate about the, what is it now, the cage fight in the MMA? Oh, I think it's excellent. Love it. I really do. Yeah. And I think it's come a long, long way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but uh, jiu-jitsu is a great, a great sport. But I don't want to end up on the ground. Yeah. So, you know, you, but you still got to know a little bit about what you do with the judo and the jujitsu, and which I did a lot of judo. I got a black belt in judo. So, yeah. you know, that was. And I was only a kid. I was only a junior. You know, then. But then when you learn all the other stuff, it, it's the thing is, if you if you make your mind up to do something, do it. Yeah. You can't hesitate. Yeah. Now it's it's either you got to read the situation. Know what, what, okay, this is serious. Yeah. Now, how do we how do we handle this? Yeah. Because there's a lot more of them than there is a lot of us. Okay, guys, let's all settle down. Okay, but, or someone's there or someone's, you know, got a weapon or something. So you've got to be able to, yeah. be able to visualise. And, and I reckon I've, I've had so many confrontations. Yeah. And without having to throw a punch, as well as having to throw a punch. Yeah. But it's all about reading the situation. Mm. Is that instinct that or is well, that experience? Well, uh, yeah, right? because yeah, you, know, you get people that that, that want to lean in and talk to you and say things. Close to talkers. You. you know, I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, you know, and, and what an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Why would you come very close to me you know, yeah. like that? You know, yeah. it's just not gonna work. Sorry, guys. No, that's all right. We'll have a quick break. It's yeah. all good. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, 
yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Carom in Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. Yeah, what a life, mate. <laughs> what a life. I, I've been asked to write a book. Yeah. Um, and uh, a very dear friend of mine, he's already named it. He, he said, uh, Dave the Rock Hedgecock. That, that's what Big Mick calls it, isn't yeah, it? The yeah. Dave the Rock, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you ever, would you ever do it, Hedgy? Uh, well, you can't really tell the story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in full. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you, you can edge around it and um, and say, you know, parts of this are fictional. Yeah. Um, but I don't like talking shit. I don't like if I'm going to do something, I'd prefer to do it honestly. But yeah, there's repercussions. Yeah, understood. Understood. Yeah, um, there's people out there, and I don't like—I don't care how bad they were. I don't want to mention their names. You know, yeah, that's the—that's the code. Well, well, it's not just that. That's the they've rules. Got family. Yeah. And they got kids, and they got this, and they got that. I wouldn't—I wouldn't like people telling my kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. Things, I guess, but but yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. You want that? You want your kids and grandkids yeah. protected. Um, what was I going to say to you? Funny one. I'll just throw out. I've been thinking about it the whole time. Today, <laughs> we're coming back from a swim. Me, my wife, and my younger son, and we got so we got one of my daughters is at school. We get a phone call from the principal. I think here we go because he's just like I was. Little um, anyway, principal's really calm and he's like, "Listen, there's been a ball thrown over one of the fences, and then there's been an apple thrown over one of the fences, and old mates." from the house has charged round into the schoolyard and chased the kids and you know like carried on a bit like he didn't really have a go scared them all anyway um sort of enough they were running and i just laughed because i thought to myself well my daughter's learned a valuable lesson because she's cheeky as you know danny like she's very she learned a valuable lesson second of all no one got hurt third of all i can just get no i won't say that um yeah so the thing is, what I'm thinking, Edgy, and why I even say that is how much more restrained you have to be now because you can't even you can't even go and just introduce yourself to this guy and say, listen, hi, this is what I'm about. I work in mental health. I'm a counsellor. Um, is everything okay? Because I heard what happened with my daughter. You know, he might run to the thing. Anyway, you used to be able to do that yes. sort of stuff or, yeah, it's just... Well, that's what I'm saying. You know? That's why... People say, oh, it's a bit violent these days. It's nothing like it was. Yeah. Nothing like it was. Yeah. Because men were men and yeah. they would fight one out and there'd be fights in pubs, there'd be fights in football grounds, there'd be fights all over the place. Yeah. But people weren't stabbed and shot and, and, and yeah, they, they were fights. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they had a bit of respect. And, of course, now the police are so diligent. I mean, the mm. responses out there, that firstly, they've got far more police on now what they no eye in the sky they yeah. got the cameras and then yesteryear I, I do believe the police would 
Now, if they, if they knew you had a problem with the bikies, right? I remember the old Lower Plenty Hotel. You know, we had a huge run-in with, with a certain group of bikies there. And uh, they come up and they said, well, you wouldn't believe it. It's the bikies that have come to the police station and complained about you guys. <laughs> okay? And uh, yeah. anyway, he said, so, you know, we're, we're, we've just got to come here and ask questions. He said, but anyway... He said, how is things? <laughs> and, and that was it. He, he, he really didn't want to know. He said, oh, no, that doesn't matter. He said, but we've got to look like we've we've come. And one of their blokes has followed us in the car to make sure that we are talking and looking like we're taking down your names yeah. and all this sort of stuff yeah. and all the rest of it. You know. <laughs> hey, gee, did they ever did they <laughs> ever, did they they ever ever use you as a resource or an asset and try to work with you, which would have been a smart play? Well, there was a couple that uh, Steve... Um, Frost. Yep. He came in and he was running the, the. And I said, Look, he said, Okay. He said, You tell me what's wrong with the. I organised the foot patrols originally. Yeah. I said, Look, I said, We do all of the King Street. There's always problems. If there's a foot patrol there, it'll save a lot of the problems. Yeah. Just people walking around, you know, just, mm. just the coppers walking around. And they started off with six coppers walking up and down, backwards and forwards. Yeah. Then it went to Carlton, then it went all over the place. And in a lot of places, Chapel Street, it was there for a while. Yeah. Now it's gone away. And and he said to me, he said, okay, how do we fix all these things? I said, well, <laughs> police can't walk in and just stamp people and, 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 and what have you. If, and if they're called, like even just recently, seriously, a fight night at the at Pavilion. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a fight. It, it, it gets out. And we, we've got one group out. Right, and and there's been some punches for him. Yeah, I've been hit a few times. I've hit a few people and and whatever. But we've got half of them out, and then all of a sudden the police arrive, right? And uh, they're going, okay. We're, we're, and I said, oh look, there's another group in there. It really help if you could come in and and ask them to leave. You know? Yeah. That's not our job. And I thought myself, shit form. Really? <coughs> okay. So I went back out. We tried to get them out peacefully. Mm ended up another fight and getting them out. And then, then of course, they've come out and they're, they're punching on outside now with each other. He goes, what are you doing? What you, what you bring the other ones out for? I said, I asked you. You know, they're coming up and you told me, well, that was our job. So I've had to go in there and do our job. Now it's your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't like it, mate. Yeah. Didn't like it. And when, he, when it was all over, he came in, you're a smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I said, I'm a smart ass. I said, I asked you for help. You told me it was my job. Yeah. I said, what are you talking about? Yeah, now it's yours. <laughs> now it's your, <laughs> now it's your problem. Uh, Unbelievable. Um, Hedgy, uh, a question I have for you. What's the one saying in life that you've lived your life by that's always sort of stood you in good stead? Don't start a fight. But don't walk away from one. Yeah. Don't run away from one. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I've, I've always believed that it, 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 it doesn't matter, you know, and there's been situations where the odds were against us. Yeah. You know, but you don't you don't back down. You, you, you want it, we're yeah. there. You bring yeah. it on, bring it on, you know. Mm. And, and the bottom line is that win, lose or draw, if they know that there's, you know, there's going to be a come comeback of some description, or we, we might get even hurt. Why we do, even though there's more of us, we still might get hurt. Yeah. And that's all you got to do is, is make people realise that, you know, you're, you're serious. 
you're not yeah. playing games. You yeah. Know, if it's a fight you want, it's a fight you'll get. Yeah. And win, lose or draw, you'll know you've been in a fight. You know, I've said that to a lot of people. You know. I said to a couple of guys, you know, just recently one was pretty drunk. I said, mate, you know what? You've had a lot to drink. I said, and it's going to end up very nasty for you. I said, because you're really pushing the point. I said, if you keep going, I said, you, you'll be out. He said, who's going to put me out? I said, mate, I'll put you out. And he said, you think you could, could you? I said, mate, I don't think I know I can. I said, for starters, I haven't had a drink. You're half pissed. I said, really? You know? I said, never look at that. You think my face got that right? By walking away. <laughs> he had a bit of a... He said, oh, and I said, no. I said, buddy, do yourself a favour. Come back next time, no problems. But just, you know, pull up or leave. Yeah. His mates, his mates come over, put his hand around his neck and said, go on, don't be an idiot. And pulled him away and they said, we'll keep him okay. I said, good. Yeah. Can't you argue know, with that. A and, possible and bad situation turned into a good one. Beautiful. And that, so that's another thing, Hedgy, that strikes me. You, you're obviously really strong at communicating. You've got to, well, it's no good saying nothing, you know. Yeah. And, and, and the, the point of fact is, I've often said to blokes, I've said, look, I don't want this. But you're the one mucking up, not me. <laughs> you know, now, we've, you've got to go, so it's either we, you walk out or you're going to get carried out. Oh, what? You? I said, well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Because you know, And I just think sometimes you... I, don't, I try not to put too many people in a bad position where they feel embarrassed or, yeah. or, or have to do something about it. Yeah. You know? But I'm also... If I, if I know something's got to happen... And, and sometimes I've seen some things that have just happened. And it's not nice, but I know this is going to go off. So, you know, you know what? You're yeah. copping it first. Yeah, first. And I'll start it. Yeah. I had just, a few more fighting ones. Uh, just like, uh, how good was Lionel Rose? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I was lucky to do some sparring with Lionel Rose. Really? And, with and Slim. Johnny Famishon. Yeah. Yep. And Johnny Famishon was the next one I was going to yeah, ask you. Yeah, and they were great. My they dad were, said he was the best Johnny oh, Famishon. Yeah. Johnny Famishon was very strict. Yep. yep. You know, Ambrose Palmer trained him and okay. very strict. Whereas um, the guy from Essendon trained uh, Lionel and he was he was more adventurous with hooks and rips and uppercuts. How good was the day he won and came back? Oh. Like, how good was it? Do you remember where you were? Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember I remember me and my dad listening to it on the radio and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. And, and, and wow, you know, it was terrific. And, and then I got to see him probably about five or six weeks after he came yeah. back. Uh, and his son... His son, Michael, actually yep. worked for me for a while. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Mickey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mickey yeah. Rose. Yeah, 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 yeah. He can but go a bit too, can't yeah, he? Can. Yeah, he can go Heavy a bit. Heavy hands, 100%, yeah. yeah. But uh, the, the good thing about it, uh, there was a place called Cadell's that used to be open in St Kilda. I remember. And it had a stripper. Remember. Yeah. Oh. And this is going back. No, 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 no. 80s, you know. Yeah. And they had a stripper. And, and so <laughs> when we finished working in the in the pubs and the clubs, we, we'd go there and we'd all get together and, uh, and you know, because he got these girls stripping and it was pretty pretty good. But I still remember one night, uh, Lionel was, was up there. We were coming in. He was coming down. And on the second part of the stairway where it flattened out, there's two or three Aboriginal blokes with their arms all over him and, and yeah, come on. And Lionel's saying, mate, look, look, please, look, just let me, you're Aboriginal, you know, you've got to be with, uh, mate, please, just, I'm, I'm going home, I've had a good night. And, and mate, anyway, one of them threw a punch, right? And then Lionel went bang, bang, bang. 
and drop the three oh, of them. <laughs> Not oh. knocked out, but drop the three of them. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> they oh. all hit the deck. Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I, I thought to myself, wow, that was quick. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the next name, you said Stretch was the hardest hitter, George Foreman. Oh, mate, well, George Foreman wrote me a lovely letter. When I made a comeback at the age of 50, over a Tarak Silac promotion, I was I, I was 50 years of age and I made a comeback to, to, to for a fight really? because I was getting paid very well. Yeah. It was supposed to be a three-fight deal. Yeah. It was 100000 for the first fight, 200000 for the second and 300000 for the third. But I had to step up marks. So uh, I fought an ex-world uh, Thai champion and I stopped him in the third round with an elbow. Oh, yeah, but anyway, come long story short. And that was at uh, in Northcote at one of the... Uh, uh, it's a very fu- it was a famous function room there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. that was that. So that was okay, but I just didn't feel. I felt, mate, that's not the same. I'm not the same. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, and the, he said, okay. He said, uh, now we'll, we'll go and we'll, we'll. I said, mate. I said, I know. I said I'd do three. I said, but no. Nah. I said, I, I my, it wasn't. You know, I, I felt a bit awkward. Not the same pop. No, even though I stopped him, right? Yeah. And it's a beautiful photo. It's a terrific photo. I show you on the phone. He hit me with an elbow and it knocked him right out cold. Peter Lewis, the doctor, he nearly swallowed his tongue. But it was the three to four rounds before that happened that I just, my kicks weren't landing. My my, my, my balance was a bit, I'm thinking to myself, I, this is, this is a, a message. Yeah. Because it's not the street. Mm. It's not flow stuffs, you know, fast combat like I've just shown you bits yeah. and pieces. It's a different way of fighting because you're fighting by rules. And I thought to myself, you know what? I don't think I want to do that anymore. So I yeah. retired then. But a lot of people were came to that and, and they still bring that up. And George Foreman, because when George Foreman came out here for Galaxy TV, Bill Morty brought him out. And this is before Gap before Fox Tower. Yeah, the old Fox Tower. Yeah. And Bill Morty asked me if I'd be his bodyguard. And I was. Right? And I looked after him. And when he was down here in Melbourne. You were George Foreman's bodyguard. Just yeah, get that straight. What, what, yeah. what, what, what yeah. a okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, stupid thing, you know. Yeah. But anyway, cut a long story short. <laughs> we're down here in Melbourne in the Underworld Gym. Remember the Underworld yeah, Gym? Yeah, yeah. We've got a kids for cancer day. Right? And it was only supposed to be about hundred and twenty. Right. And uh, anyway, ended up being about three or four hundred because they all heard that George Foreman was coming down. Now I asked George. I told him what it was for. I said it'd just be a big buzz. All these kids are terminal. Their parents are there. There's only going to be a hundred odd people there. And he said to me, I still remember exactly what he said to me. He said, he said I'll be there. He said you come and pick me up. Don't say nothing to the suits because I don't want them to know. He said, just come and pick me up at the hotel. He said, and I'll come with you. Anyway, so that's all good. When he gets there and sees all these kids, you remember there was a front page of the Herald Sun, everything like that, with a kid sitting on each bicep. Do you remember that yeah. photo? I actually do remember that. Okay. Well, that was Beautiful. the day. Beautiful. He was there for three and a half to four hours. And he sent his driver back, right, because I came and I said, okay, we went with him and his driver. He, he sent his driver back to the to the to his room. He said, "There's some cardboard boxes there. Bring them all back." So the driver brought back three big cardboard boxes. He gave every kid, every parent, a T-shirt. 
Hmm. A George Foreman T-shirt. Right? Now, I've seen yeah. George Foreman in Atlantic City in the States with me and Chewie Duncan over there watching a fight that we're going to sort of look at promoting. Yeah. He was uh, only, uh, uh, you know, probably fourth or fifth fight on, but he was fighting someone, an ex-good champion, so we wanted to see what he was like. And George Foreman's doing the commentating for HBO. And anyway, so we're in a good area, he puts in a good area, we're sitting next to Denzel Washington and a couple of other people. Like <laughs> oh. and, and anyway, cut a long story short, you know, I, I see George over there, and he's up and he's walking around me and, and, and saying hello to some people around the ring. And <laughs> he came over. Yeah. So I get up, I walk past Denzel Washington. <laughs> Excuse me, Denzel. <laughs> me and George hug each other, you know, and da da da. And of course, I let him know that I was I was making a comeback. You know, at the age of fifty, he made a comeback at forty-four. Yeah. And I've got a book that was printed for that particular fight, and it's got the letter that George Foreman sent me a photograph of the letter he actually sent me. And it was beautiful words that he put in there. And, and I keep that, mate. I, I, I would never it. lose that. Yeah. Cherish it. Yeah. Because yeah. he's quite a... Uh, isn't he a minister? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pastor oh, or... Yeah. yeah, he's very religious. George one, to... George two, George three, oh, yeah. George four. <laughs> told me and, and just a beautiful man. Yeah. And, and remember the real famous steakhouse in Richmond? Dell's. Fidel's? Fidel's or something like that. It might have that had been there for years. Yeah, brick joint. Yeah, yeah. Brick that, joint. That was Fidel's, that's right. Of La, Va, Val, no. What was that? Yeah. Valados? Valados. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Valados. Yeah. Anyway, so George says to me, he says, he said, the hotel's nice. He said, but I haven't had a good steak. I said, George, I'll take you to the best steakhouse we've got in Melbourne. He said, yeah? I said, yeah, done. He said, all right, eight o'clock. I said, done. So I go down to, to, the, to the place. I tell them, I've got George Foreman coming tonight. Yeah. You know, there'll be six of us. Yeah, da, 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 da. So anyway, the owner's there, the, the older guy with the grey hair with the big apron on. And of course, when we walk in, he comes over, introduces himself and says hello and da, da, da. And, and we're reading, we're looking at menus and, and reading the menus. And George says, oh, it's hard to pick. I don't know what, what I want, what I don't want. You know? And so the owner says, look, why don't you come out and I'll show you all our all our stuff. Yeah. So we go out the back and into the freezing room and there's all these bits and pieces. He said, that's I fill it, that's Scotch fill it, that's Porterhouse, that's Rump, that's this, that. And George goes, do you reckon I could try a little bit of everything? <laughs> <laughs> and I did like, he? Did yeah. he? Yeah. And, and, and the owner said, I will do, uh, or, you know, about that size of every 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 bit of steak for you. Yeah. And you and come out like this. And he said, just steak. He said, I'm not, I don't want any potatoes or anything like that. So just to state me sitting there going for this. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's better. <laughs> it was just a great Unreal. Night. It was funny. Unreal. And man. I wouldn't have been able to do all those things with some of all those fighters if it hadn't been for Bill Morty. Bill yeah. Morty and me were yeah. very close. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he, he said, I want you to do all our security. He said, I want you to, when we do fights up in Sydney, do fights in Adelaide, anywhere took me across for the Azuma Nelson and uh, Jeff Fennick fight yep. and all that sort of stuff. And because uh, we took over two or three fighters, he said, I want you to make sure they don't fuck up because they, th these boys, country boys, don't know what it's like in Las Vegas. He said, they go into the wrong spot. 
Yeah. You know, they get themselves into trouble, then they're going to lose a couple of fighters. Because you know, they'll yeah. get locked up with the police. Yeah. And, and what had happened is a group of them had gone to a brothel. And what they don't realise over there is you've got to buy the girls drinks as well while you're talking to them and before all this happens. And then, But then they decided that they didn't want to do anything with them. They wanted to leave. And then, of course, the manager comes up and says, yeah, but you owe us X amount of dollars on... Well, you didn't tell us that. Well, there's X amount of dollars on the drinks. There's X amount of dollars on the, the wet flannels we gave you to, to wipe your face and wipe your hands. You know, so it's this phenomenal number. And, of course, you're, you've got to be kidding. And anyway, it, you know, I get the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> you better get down there. He said, I can't go down there. He said, I need you to get down there and sort this out. Mm. I go down there and there's about five guys, American guys, standing around. They're all got patterns. <laughs> and there's four or five of our fighters in there, you know. And I've said, hey, 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 this is not on. You know, this can't go on. And he said, well, we know they're boxers, you know, and, and we're prepared for it, you know. And I said, listen, let me go in, let me explain to it, but let's ease up on the... On the bill. On the bill, you know. Like, whatever they've drunk, fair enough. But flannels? Yeah, sharp enough. No, come on. I said, mate, these boys don't care. I was going to tell you, and even with the sticks you've got, you might not win. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, and I said, all I'm trying to do is, but what is the bill? You know, my ring bill. I said, look, they won't. The boys wouldn't. No, we're not paying nothing. You know, because now they're trying to stand over us. Right. <laughs> so I ring Bill. Bill said, have you got the money? I said, I have. He said, you pay it. I'll fix you up. I said, no. Negotiator. I mean, that was a mediator. That's how I said the start. Say, so, yeah, negotiator. Dan, same thing. So and, the, and the worst part about it was, Bill Morty's in row forty-seven. I'm in row yeah. three. <laughs> Clint Eastwood is sitting next to me. But um, uh, the what's what's the guy's name? That uh, um, Clint Eastwood. Oh, God, this all where we were sitting. Arnold Schwarzenegger turned up. Uh, the guy out of the yeah. uh, cop show with the used to drive all the in Florida drive all the uh, convertibles and all that sort of stuff. What was his name? Beverly Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Eddie, no, not Eddie Murphy. But mate, they're all there. They are all there. Everybody. They love there. the fights, Eddie. Oh, love it. And I'm in. I'm in the super. And and Clint Eastwood sitting right next to me. He said, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm from Australia." He said, your boy's fighting. I said, yeah. He said, I've seen a couple of his fights. He's a good fighter. So he yeah, said, but I don't know whether he can beat Azuma Nelson. I said, no, either do I. I said, Azuma Nelson's a bit of a legend, you know. And he, he's talking to ask me questions about Australia and everything else. Down to earth, And then you? I'm seeing all these people walk in. Oh, my God, that's Bruce Willis. That's, that's <laughs> just all these movie stars walking so in. So, Eddie, right? did you... <laughs> and, and Bill Morty goes, what's this? What's going on here? He says to Don King. He goes, what's going on here? He said, you put me in row 47. He said, and you've got Dave in row three. You know, sitting next to movie stars. He said, he's my little mate. He said, you and me aren't mates. You ripped me off in Australia. Don King you know, said that? Don King said that. It was yeah. he, what, um, what, what was he like? Because I've heard mate, different stories about you, him. Yeah. I went to his house with Bill Morty. Yeah. And we're debating something and, and the lady come out and said, oh, he's out by the pool. So we go out by the pool. He says, come on, have something to eat. You know, and he, he starts ordering through things. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Contract signed, all things done, everything's organised, okay? Um, when, he go, when he's coming in with us to the press conferences, all of a sudden, 
switched on a different light. Oh, we're all here. We're all here. <laughs> he's, he's so loud and so vibrant. You know, oh, how are you? How are you, sweetheart? How are you? And he's just, he's just so out there. Yeah. Turns it on. Turns he? it on like you wouldn't believe. But it's like a switch off and on. Yeah. <laughs> when, he, when, he, when he's with you talking to you, it's like talking to another bloke. Oh, that's bullshit. You're trying to fuck me. <laughs> oh, mate. When you were sitting uh, row three with the movie stars, uh, did you allow yourself a moment to go, the boy from Preston's done right? <laughs> Mate, <laughs> did you just, ever have that moment? I was just you? gobsmacked. You yeah. Know? But remember, I've been doing security. I've seen a lot of yeah, a lot of so-called superstars. And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like that, you know, it's uh, so it it, it 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 was just I I tell you what the main thing was I was sitting next to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, was your dad still around at this stage? My dad was still around. And you and told him you were sitting next to me, Queen Eastwood? He was with me and he was in row 47 with Bill Morty. <laughs> <laughs> because, as far as, as far as, yeah. um, what's the name, you? Yeah, and my dad goes, he said, What about swapping? I said, No, I said, Sorry, dad, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> You'd made it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> So you took your old man with you. That's oh, awesome, yeah, mate. Yeah. My, my, my old man, whenever the fighters were in Melbourne, he was the one that picked them up and took them to training, took them back, took them to minas, meals, took them to doctors, all that sort of stuff. So Did he love it? When he retired, I involved him in the boxing. Yeah. Right? He was always in the corner with me and Darren, Darren Hedgecock. Yep. And uh, Mick Marshall and all those guys, all the champions. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, 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 uh, what's his name? What's that? God, got his name. That's terrible. But we, I had about eight or nine. Um, four or five world champions and, and eight or nine Australian champions. And, you know, and Dad was always there. And Dad was saying, they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong. He had a better eye than I did. He had a good eye. Really? You know, he, he'd yeah. get things and go, you know. He said, and then, of course, with Darren, Darren's fighting Alex Tui, right? He gets sick just three days before the fight. Couldn't train him anymore and he was weak. I said, no, we're not fighting. And Darren said, Dave, I promised Chris Cronus I would fight. Oh, I remember said, Chris yeah. Cronus, yeah. He said, I told him, promised him I would fight. He said, so I've got to do it. I said, really? All right, you do it, son. See you later. Yeah. He said, oh, don't be like that. I said, Darren, you will not beat Alex Tui the way you are. You will have a tough fight with Alex Tui at your best. And I think you'll beat him, but you won't beat him the way you are, Okay. I said, you're depleted, you haven't trained well all the way through because you got sick, da-da-da-da. I go to my mum and dad's, like I used to do quite often, for a dinner, you know, sitting down, and dad goes, what's this about you're not training Darren? I said, dad, I said, he's not well. He can't, he, he won't win the fight. And why lose to a fighter when you don't have to, yeah. when we, we can just postpone it and do it another time? He said, but he, made, he, he gave his word to Chris Cronus. Once again, there's my dad. He gave his word. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And now you're going to force him. He said, well, I'll tell you right now. Don't need you in the corner. I'll be there. He yeah. says, as a matter of fact, don't come back for any more dinners either. Yeah. 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 <laughs> dad, come yeah. on, give me a break. You know, he said, well, you're either there or you're not. He said, he's a hedgecock. You're either with us or you're not. Okay. Are you a Collingwood supporter, Hedgie? No. Richmond? Geelong. Oh my God! Wow, you speak like a Collingwood supporter. Paul uh, Farmer was my hero. Oh yeah, um, Dennis Marshall. 
Bite think Billy Goggin. Billy Goggin. Yeah. What did they? Who said it? it? Was Sammy Newman said he's the best he's ever seen. Oh yeah. And he was, he was a three hundred game player yeah, himself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was my father. That very was, interesting. So, was he Geelong as well? Yeah, Geelong as well. Wow. Yeah. And, and but just and, and yeah, I just how good's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 How well, good's that? Hedgy, we do a lot of work, mental health counselling, a lot of work in most of the prisons. Mm. Um, we see a lot of blokes think they're entitled to a, a chop out from the government and to be helped and all that. And it, it's interesting because we're trying to get them to stand on their own two feet and to do their own thing. But the one commonality we're seeing with a lot of guys in prison is they didn't have a, an old man around yeah. that, or, that or cared for them and loved them. someone to look up to. Yeah. And... And, and try to imitate and be like that person. Yeah. You know, that's what happens. Because had, they, get, yeah. they get left there. Look, you know, my father, mate, I, I, he, he, he's my biggest hero. Yeah. He's my biggest hero. That's beautiful. And to you? have the relationship I had with him was really special. You know. Awesome. And my brother, he was a great sportsman, a great footballer. And, you know, my brother could fight too, mate. you got no idea. Yeah. Know? And so many times when I was playing with Croxton Parks, I was only, you know, 15 or 16, I was playing open age footy. Yeah. You know, for some reason or other, my mentality for being a 15 or 16-year-old was like being a 21, 22-year-old. And and that was that come from working with people like Stretch Anderson, like Pop Egan, like Bobby Foster, like Billy Isles. Mm. Like Bob Jones, like Richard. Well, Richard's my age. Richard's yeah. younger than me, actually. Richard's only seventy, so yeah. You know, so just amazing. You know, so you could say you had many mentors. Yeah. Years. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, like yeah. like the three main ones is Dad, Stretch, Bob. Um, Dad, Stretch, and Bob. Mm. You know, they are Bob's eighty. You know, he's uh, he's about five six years older than me, but I mean, they they are people that. I, I love the way they... I've seen people in a lot of situations. Mm. I've seen a lot of tough people go to water. I've seen a lot of people that don't think they're tough or don't pretend to be tough. Bang. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, when it's serious. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and make the right choices. You know, they made the right choices. It, it, look, you know, Brian Suey, you know, I haven't spoken to him for that long. That long, it's not funny. But uh, mate, he's one of them. One, he, he, he was just always there. Didn't matter if it was one or twenty-one. He was always beside us. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and he just a, a just a you know, good-willed, good, strong, hard man, that, and just wouldn't take a backward step. And when you've got people around you like that, you either you either you know yeah part yeah. of it, you know, yeah. and and uh, it's. Yeah, you know, I can remember a couple of things, you know, where uh, I, I regret having done uh, some one or two things. Yeah. But when I look back at it, I can always make a reason or an excuse as to why it had to be done. Mm. You know, and there's certain people that there was a bloke at Megabar one night that just got out of jail, was had a huge reputation and and uh, uh, intimidated an awful lot of people. And I knew that he was coming in there regularly. And uh, I knew that sooner or later we're going to have a problem. Because, you know, he'd already, when I hadn't been there, you know, knocked out a couple of people, you know. But the security tells me that 
Well, they had a bit of a go at him too, Dave. It wasn't him starting it. So I, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, what do I do here? Uh, because he, he, he's not scared of anybody, you know? So I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, this is going to happen sooner or later. So I'm on the front foot. I said, the fight you had the other week, I said, mate, I'm sorry, that's one too many. Out. He looked at me, so you're laughing, you're joking. I said, no, out. He said, but you're secure. I was, yeah, no, mate. I said, I'm sorry. I said, you're too, I can't afford to have you here. You've been here three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row, you've had a fight with somebody. I said, we don't want fights. I said, and I pushed it. And I said, I'll tell you what, if you don't like it, we can step outside. I instigated it and yeah. I stuck it on him badly, right? And he just said, oh, mate, he said, you, 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 you've got to be kidding. He said, I don't need the bullshit. You got up and walked out. <laughs> so, which I was very happy about because it would have been a, a reasonable <clears throat> fight, I would, I, would, I would imagine. But I felt that I had to show him who the boss was. And then two or three weeks later, I, I said to someone that knows me, I said, he can come back now. And he said, no, he doesn't want to fucking come back. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You out-alphered him, mate. Out-alphered him. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Being at, yeah, but, 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 at the ultimate alpha moment. But I chose it to do. I chose to do that. Yeah, and for I'm the right reasons. I'm proud of it because there's no real reason. I mean, if you, if you listen to the security guys, Dimitri and that, people had to go at him first. Okay. You know, or because he's a good-looking bloke too. And a lot of the girls liked him and blokes... Girlfriends, yeah, because he was pretty good talker too. He, yeah. He, he, oh, how are you? Yeah, you look. Oh, that dress looks lovely. Oh, you sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. bloke's boyfriend. Oh, you fucking tell the girlfriend looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, but so they found the first punch, and so he, <laughs> and I sort of, but I knew that sooner or later, yeah, it's going to be a drama. And, and then next time he may come in with three or four people. Yeah. You know. So I heard the phone go before Hedgie. You said the phone went off, and you nodded a certain way, and I thought. Your phone must have gone off a lot with drama over the years. Does it still go off with drama, or Mate, never stops? It never <laughs> stops. So how do you how do you maintain good mental health and a positive, upbeat attitude, Hedgie, after all these years of dealing with dramas? How do you how do you maintain a positive? Well, well I, I think I'm a lot more sensitive now yep. than what I was. Yep. And I think I'm a lot more understanding now than what I was. Yeah. And I think I'm a little bit more forgiving now than what I was. Wow. I really do. And I've seen some situations and I've said to some people, mate, I can tell by the look in your eye you're thinking about doing something done. Don't do about it. About 147 fights. In the ring. <laughs> yeah. All right. I said, do you really want to go there? <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, well, you know, you, you, you did. I said, yeah, but mate, I'm doing that because... You, you, you can't be standing there. This is where tables are seated. You've got to be back outside the thing. Yep. Oh, where does it yeah. say that? I said, well, I've told you. I said, so some of the security guys. Yeah. So I said, so either go back to where you need to be or you're going out. It's yeah. as simple as that. You know? and, yeah. and then he sort of got a bit chat. I said, mate, seriously? I said, mate, don't be silly. Yeah. I said, I've had 147 fights. I said, have a look at me. Yeah. What, do you, what, do you, what do you think? I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you talk to me like that and stay there. Yeah. So just please, just move. 
and they may they go yeah which yeah. is and and I think my age has got a bit to do with it too, yeah because it's not such a threat and I'm not saying yeah fuck yeah 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 you know I'm not issuing embarrassing him in front of everybody I talk lightly and I talk slowly and I talk quietly yeah and for the listeners before I got a personal demonstration <laughs> other hedgy angles live to tell the tale but the way he moved uh yeah it was a little bit scary it wouldn't matter how big you are. Um, what is the other thing? Two other heads I want to ask you about before we wrap up that aren't not, and with us any longer, but are two sort of interesting dudes, Alf and Chopper. Yeah, well, because well, <laughs> they? They, they were into okay. it, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Well, well, look, Alphonse, I used to train him. Yeah. So he could ha- really go. Uh, no, he was never fit. He was never. He never trained hard. He he, he came in. He just wanted to know how to throw some punches, yeah. and he was basically a, a street brawler, but he would have a go, and he had a, had a violent temper, yeah. and he had a temper that he couldn't control very well. And then as things weren't wore on, he started to get into the drugs. He started to get involved in carrying a gun and shooting a few people and doing this and doing that, what have you, and uh, it, it turned him into what he thought he needed to be. He thought he would be feared. Uh, but what he should have been doing was being respected, not not feared. Because yeah. if someone fears you when you're still out and about, then someone's going to try to get rid of you. So yeah. if they respect you and say, <laughs> well, he won't start with me unless I start with him. You know, you, you've got a bit of a leeway. But towards the end, he did create a, a few problems. You know, yeah. and, and, and uh, there was one particular time at X-Bar, uh, the, Bar, yeah, down in, in King Street, where he apologised, where him and, and um, Jason Moran got arrested for punching on with those guys. He said, Dave, he said, Jason started, he said, I had to back him up. He said, you know, I said, yeah, but you're hitting people with fucking Billy and Q's. You know, you're throwing Billy and, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the balls at people. I said, mate, I said, how many fucking, mate, it's hard enough without friends create a problem, you know. He said, look, he said, I won't, I won't be back. You know, I said, fine. I said, don't. But then he got, they got charged with that. And as a result of what took place there, him and Jason fell out to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, and even once before at Bombay Rock, Jason drove past and because I wouldn't let him in and fired three shots at us at the door. Then on the Monday, he comes into the gym to apologise off the drugs. I said, yeah. Knocked him out and said, I'm sorry too. <laughs> you reckon Lewis told him to come and... Sorry? You reckon Lewis said, go and apologise to him before? Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, and Chopper, you guys got along in the end. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Did you know how to handle we, him, Hedgie? We didn't in the first part. Yeah. The first part, him and Peter Allen come in and say... Yeah, saw, I'm Robber. No, no, Peter Allen, the drug dealer. The, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Him and Peter Allen, this is young days, and this is the sentimental bloke. Yeah. They came in and they stood over an old ex-returned army foot guy. Oh, no. Second World War, and his son, who were running the SP booking there. You know? Yeah. And, of course, we're doing the security in the lounge... And, and, of course, then the saloon bar and the public bar where they run their books, you know, and, and make a bit of money. Well, Chopper and that wanted to take it over. And they went in and they punched the living daylights out of this older bloke and, and, and the son, right? We're in the lounge. We get told to please get in there. We get in there and, of course, we give it to them, right? They're back a half hour later firing shots at us through the door. <laughs> but they're getting shots fired back. Yeah, <laughs> and that put the wind up them too, and then of course years later, uh, Alphonse comes to to Bombay Rock, and he goes, 
um, you know, I'm not Alphonse Chopper comes to Bombay Rock and he goes, uh, can I get in? And I looked at him. I said, mate, you've had a blue with Alphonse. You've had a blue with Rodney Earl. I said, and they're both up there. I said, so no. He said, I'm not worried about that. He said, if they come anywhere near me, he opened up his jacket like that. He had some jelly, like what so looked like jelly true. in his pocket, right? That's true. And I said, <laughs> yeah, then you're going to hurt a lot of other people. He said, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody, but I want to talk to them about, about something and I don't want it to go any further. I said, no, mate. I said, I can't let you in. I said, there's too many of them up there. I said, it'll be a problem. So you won't let me in? I said, no. He said, well, will you come and have a coffee with me? I said, yeah. <laughs> so he walked out around the corner to where the coffee shop is, because Bombay Rock used to be down the side street, and the coffee shop was around the corner. And we start talking. And he said, you're not a bad bloke. He said, you know, I've written about you in my first book. Yeah, right. I said, no. Bestseller. What about me? I said, oh, no one's told me that. He said, no, I didn't mention your name. I just said, the security guy, don't worry about that, anyone else. He's the one you've got to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's there. I, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. No, it's there. It's in the first book. Yeah, I think I've got it he at home. He goes on about the security bloke. You know, yeah. He said, I've got a lot of respect for you. He said, a lot of my friends in jail have got a lot of respect for you too. He yep. said, and they said, if I come and spoke to you, we could be friends. I said, mate, of course. I said, mate, look at, look at what you've done. I said, you, you, you're making movies, you're doing all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and we were great friends yeah. from then on. Yeah. And then, of course, I dressed him to when he was buried. Yeah. Um, his wife, Margaret, who I know very well, and his son. And I used to go around there regularly. And, and he said, David, he said, I don't want to be dressed by strangers. He said, we, he said I'm going. You know, he knew he was going. He was in hospital. He was going. He could have had a transplant, and he knocked back the transplant. Why I don't know. But he knocked back the transplant. And said there's probably someone more needy than me. That's what I heard now, too. That's an amazing mm. yeah, I statement heard that. to make. Someone more deserving. He said, no, "I'm not worried about going." He said, "I think it's about time." Yeah. So you know, and he used to put on an act basically with the TV and bits and pieces like that. But a really, really first class guy and a lot of principles. Right. Yeah, and he really stood by his principles to a certain extent. Yeah, um, but anyway, cut a long story short, you know, he says, "I want you to dress me." I said, "All right, okay." So, find out where the funeral parlour is. I go down there, you know, they'd already put him in a nappy and all that sort of stuff and, and what have you. And I had his clothes that Margaret gave me that she wanted me to put on with him, on him, and Jeez, that, which we did. Hitch. And uh, and then he was he was cremated and buried. You know, Unbelievable. So, yeah. Wow. So, and that was, and uh, I, uh, what the, the strange part about it was, his false teeth were in a container on the bed beside him. Someone went in and pinched his false teeth. <laughs> it would be one of the yahoos that he would have knocked around with, right? And, and that's, and so they had to, you know, because otherwise the mouth's going to be sunken, sucked in because his, his body was on view. Yeah, oh, Rosary, yeah, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Wow, mate. Um, what is this? See, we've gone two and a half. That hour yeah. went like that. Um, what I was going to say, Hedgie, for me, mate, getting you on, as I said it to earlier, it's been two years in the making and talking to Dale and making sure you were comfy. And um, Because, I, as I said, I've heard about you since I was 15 <laughs> years, 15 years old, and I've followed your, your journey and asked nearly everyone I know in that scene about you and your reputation precedes itself. I think there's heaps of takeaways for a lot of the young guys we work with in regards to yeah. 
acting tough and gang gang uh, activity on the streets. But my, Hedgy, for me, it's like I put you next to Tommy Hafey, mate, who's another oh, one of you. my uh, idols, and yeah. I, for simply you've mentored a heap of people in, and sorted out lots of different stuff in your life and you're a man of your word you don't drink and smoke and you're still fit as a fiddle yeah. mate um, yeah. thanks so much for coming on the show Hedgy I don't um, believe in having a knife and letting it go blunt mate you've got to keep no, that, well that's <laughs> it mate it's just a spin that's out awesome, it's, it's a real spin out to have you on here because um, it was a good get I came to Marcus who runs a podcast I said oh we've got a good one coming mate I'll I tell you it's been an absolute pleasure yeah it can't be Absolute pleasure to meet you. Thanks, Edgy. We're really nice. I really appreciate it. And you're sharp as a tack, mate. So just keep doing what you're doing. I find I'm forgetting a few bits and pieces, but, you know, just... uh, And there's some things I can't say, obviously. Yeah, of course. So I think I've been... The best part. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's it. Another episode. See you next time.